one war, but will fight if we must. Welcome to the Film Effect Podcast, we take all things film to the full effect. My name's Ed, next to me is my cinematic life mate and colleague Sean. Good morning, Film Effect! And if you're a cinephile like us, or just a casual fan of movies in general, then you've come to the right place. We're a weekly podcast that do deep dives and touch lives of each and every episode, focusing on a particular film each week in an effort to give it the full Film Effect treatment. Well, before we check out the cause and effect sequel, I want to let you guys know that our ever-growing collection of previous episodes can be found on our website at podpage.com slash the-film-effect-podcast, as well as all major platforms, direct link in the episode notes there. You can access all things film effect related and then some. So, Sean, what on the street is that we can be found on Facebook and Instagram? You know anything about that? I do, I do. We keep it very simple for the listeners, too. It's the Film Effect Podcast. Alright, it's funny because I heard the same thing about Twitter, along with something about them being pretty active or something along those lines. Uh, yeah, I, Have yeah, you heard anything about this Twitter rumor? I'm, I'm, I'm a newly inundated Twitter, but, uh, yeah, again, short, sweet, and simple, Film Effect Pod. Alright, and I'm pretty sure we still have an email address. Tell the folks at home what that address may be. Yeah, if your memals and peepals want to get a hold of us, have them draft up an electronic mail and send that on over to the Film Effect Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Alright, random thought of the moment. Mm-hmm. Remember the monster whopper that turns your poop green? Uh, one, yeah, it was, yeah, it was the, the uh, was it, I thought it was McDonald's, but it was, it was Burger King Burger that had King. died like the, it was all black. Yeah, it was, it was an black all black, one. and, and it was, it was done around like Halloween or whatever, but yeah. that was, how long, that was like in the 90s or something, wasn't it? Oh no, this was, was like about five years ago Really? Or okay, cause you know, I was, it was like, I like, I like to do, I like to read these articles on, uh, Cracked. Dot com. Oh, yeah. I, I, I yeah. used to buy yeah, yeah. Crack Magazine when I was a kid. Crack mm-hmm. and Mad Magazine. Then Crack went all digital. So I like Crack, but I like to like pick the facts and like photo play as the eyes. That's what I spend most of the time looking at. And they were talking about like misfired fast food trends. It was one of their recent, you know, photo plasty things that he did. And they mentioned that, but it was a whopper. It wasn't, it wasn't a bit. So it was for Burger King. It was a whopper. So I why, mean, don't tell me to bring it back. No, I was just randomly thinking about. I was just thinking about. I was just thinking about random stuff coming down here, and I just thought to myself, "Remember that black whopper that turned your shit green?" 
Yeah, it was a thing. It wasn't just a headline on uh, you know your your local internet ad. Or yeah, I would imagine it was some sort of. I didn't read the whole. I don't remember the whole article without that getting, I read, but it was without like getting die in, in the, the details. It was whatever. it was bad. It sucked. <laughs> so how long did it last? I never had one. Just a day, you know. Whatever. It just it was like a one and done thing. But it's just. I don't know. It tasted like a Whopper. <laughs> sure, shit didn't look like one. It tasted like one. Well, there was. I remember it was. Um, and I think this was McDonald's, but it was over in Japan. They did like they they did some like 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 black Big Mac. They had like there was like this weird like all black bun, but it was like a right right or sesame seed bun, mm-hmm. but it was all black. Do you remember this thing? No, because it's you know, like you see like I, I remember know. a all black Big Mac. It was, but I'm pretty sure it came, it was over like Tokyo or some shit. They do some weird stuff over there. I know, I know. Like, there are, I mean, I get fascinated sometimes reading the lists of like bizarre McDonald's items, either from the past and present or like from all over the world. Like, the McSpaghetti. Yeah, the McPizza, the Mc- but they, they like, they're like, there's no way we can make this fast. The people are going to wait 16 minutes for a McPizza. I remember when Burger King sold tacos. <laughs> they were the greasiest, floppiest things. It was supposed to represent a hard shell taco. That shit was not hard. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Um, I don't or, do You much. know me. I'm like a taco I know, I know. Somebody, Somebody knows a taco. Ed's going to have to try they it. They were two for a dollar. And I'm like, right. burger joint, tacos. <laughs> fuck it. Went in Rome. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah. That's... No, I don't remember any of that. Although, I do, you know what I do miss from Burger King? They bring it back from time to time, much like they... Uh, they uh they do the McRib unless McDonald's did the McRib, but unless it is still on the menu, was the um their their they had their bullseye barbecue burger. That was the first time I ever tasted bullseye barbecue sauce. But did they still do that rodeo burger? It's like the bacon cheeseburger with the onion rings. On I it? never touched that thing, but sometimes I do recall seeing it when that menu. thing came out. I remember I used to eat two a day. That was a Burger King item. No, I was saying it was Burger yeah, King. Okay. I used to call it the colon bomb. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I remember me and Richie Wharton had a place together 20-some-odd years ago, and that thing came out. He, you know, I grabbed one for lunch, and he's on his way home from dinner, and he calls me. He's like, I'm on my way home from work. You want a cola? I'm like, yeah, give me another. Give me a cola bomb for dinner. Yeah, that rodeo burger was top-notch. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, one last thing about this, like mm. McDonald's. <laughs> Please bring back the snack, the Mac snack wrap. They had these things called a snack wrap. They were like burritos or whatever. No, I remember they were. But they had one like for like the Big Mac. It had the secret sauce and everything in there. And all yeah. The, all the, it, it it was it was handheld. I figured it, would it be tasted messy good. I was shit. No, not really. I, mean, I, I was figure all the all, all the tartar sauce you know, on the go. It was good. I, I mean, it. I remember. Did he still do the snack wraps though? Right? They no, they, the, don't, they, they don't do any of them. No. I remember. I remember it was it one. Yeah, well, I was still working. It was convenient when you're on the road to have to eat something on the go. I mean. I remember having a few when I was when I was at Best Buy a couple years ago, so it hadn't been gone too long. Right. So, yeah. Okay, I didn't know they took them off the menu altogether. And but they did a Big Mac one. That just seems like yeah. a mess. Yeah, it was good. It wasn't messy. Um, okay. One other thing I was thinking about on the way here. Uh, drivers should have to retake the driving test every 10 to 15 years. <laughs> Thoughts? <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I'd propose. I mean, I spent the majority of my commute here behind this old-ass driver who was just all over the place. Yeah, I was going to say, it took you an hour from the time I mean, you texted me to get if here. If it weren't for the fact that it was away. clearly a meme all in front of me, I would have just assumed that it was a drunk driver just day drinking. <laughs> but no, it was definitely an old driver just going like, you know, you know the type, five below the speed limit. Yeah, like if I do eight below the speed limit, I'm safe. You can get a ticket for that too, Grandpa. Yeah, um... 
Yeah, reread that book at least. Brush it off. This, yeah, but I, I do. I, I, I fully support, you know, maybe if, even if it's not 10 to 15 years, at some point, I think all drivers, I'm not special, myself included, should have to retake the test. It shouldn't be a one-and-done thing, because think about this. I took the test and passed when I was 17. Mm-hmm. Shit's so changed. I, I'm set for life. Things change, yeah. you know? And, Dude, if you, you and know, memories get flu- well, flu- While we're on this, I didn't realize this till, uh maybe about a year or so ago, but it was, it was, you know, I was, you know, it was on the job and had to get ID from somebody to get in his wireless account. And I think, I want to say it was Arizona. And it was really cool, dude. Nice guy. And he's like, yeah, check out that expiration date. And it was good for like 30 years. The license didn't expire until like 2005. I've heard of that. It's, it's I think wow. it varies, yeah. Yeah, it's very state I know by they state. increased it here in Maryland. But I, I think it was... It used to be five. Now it's seven here. Oh, is it seven? Yeah, I know it's seven now. now. Yeah. Um, yeah, Arizona, like this dude's license expired in like 2041 or some shit. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that's awesome. How are you going to know what the fuck you look like in 2000? Like, if Mickey Rourke were to hand you a valid driver's uh, license from uh, 1986, uh, uh, that, you'd be no, like, that ain't fucking you, homeboy. Get out of here. Nah, nah, you know? Nah. And one last thing. For the love of God, can we stop putting out Thanksgiving stuff in the middle of freaking August? Are you shitting me? I mean, when did the holidays it's, become I, I, a freaking I, I, race? I haven't left the house and I can't tell you how long, but there's... there's so they skip right, they skip, they skip right over Halloween? Well, or Halloween's the fucking, been out, homie. What? Halloween's been at the Halloween candy, the, the the large pumpkins and candy corns have been out since like the end of July. Man, I need to put some pants on and get out of here. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Although I mean, now I think about it. With Halloween candy, it's, nah, it's crazy. That's what, that's what I keep Mandy around here for. Cause I get out there, I'll be fucking livid. Going down there in the middle, you know, trying to buy a swimsuit, and I got to look a pro at tip from your boy. Halloween. Get out every once in a while. Uh, I don't know. I'm a jaded old man getting out there. That's your problem. You're a hermit. Nah. You're like that old hermit with the parrot that Michael killed hey, off You know what? Guess, guess who just made the manifesto, motherfucker? Who? <laughs> you just made it on the list. Cool. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Shout outs. Shout out to his family. Keep it short and sweet this week. <laughs> Best film ever. Effing nerds, I finally did check out that fantastic A24 episode. Oh, yeah, we have to, we were talking about that. That uh, was good. Was that good. was a good listen. I even I had, to, I, I had to message them on Twitter directly and be like, guys, I just want to give you props because this is some good stuff. And that was when I was only a half hour into it. Now that I finished the whole thing, yeah. like, guys, if you're listening, um, that A24 episode was just a great deep dive just uh, cover just, a whole catalog yeah it yeah. was it was it was good stuff so nice. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it I have to give it a lesson um yeah it, it, we, it took we, me a couple of days because of my commute and everything it's right. a long episode and how long is it no longer than what we put out two yeah, hours 45 hours. minutes a yeah. few hours yeah, so i wouldn't mind that i mean great we, we got into it when when me you and nick did uh did a wrestler are both of our love for that studio man it's like yeah you know and, they went uh, through, you, like, you had it. They you highlighted said it like a, a Vanguard studio. Yeah, like, I mean, they didn't really their... they didn't really follow a certain order. They just right. went through the filmography uh, of all the films. Not like chronologically. One of the guys, the guy that they had on there, the special guest. I, I forgot his name. It's, it's not coming to me right now, but um, forgive me. He, when during the pandemic last year, mm-hmm. went through every single A twenty four movie, and that's a that's lot. That's cool. Movies, that's cool because they've been around since twenty. 13 i want to say mm. i i want to say the first a24 film was if it wasn't the first it was one of the first the spectacular now a film that i 
always rant and rave about, and I will continue to. Yeah. Um, is that uh, Miles Teller? Hmm? Yeah, Miles Teller. The, okay, and, I know um, of it. Shaley it just Woodley doesn't seem, it and, doesn't and seem like Larson. it would. It doesn't seem like it would appeal to me. You uh, saying it's okay? I watched it on Netflix last year. Yeah. It ended. I restarted it. Really? I watched that motherfucker just, twice like, in a row. It was okay. so good. You saying it's so. it's worth it? You think Mandy would like it? Yeah. Or something? Yeah. Definitely. All right. All right. I'll have to give it a run. So yeah. Um, Based on, I mean, I don't know much of or anything of what it's about, but I'm just like, eh. You know, it's kind of like skipped over. It's really good. All right, all right. We're we'll have to we're we'll, we'll have to we'll have to put it on a list. Give it a stay in court. All right. Uh, shout out to Paul and Griff who are returning as quickly as they've been on hiatus. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Justin Boyd who's now on Twitter. Hey, you all be- I lo- I'm loving the handle, Connellini hand. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. Very few of us going to get that joke, but Justin, I dug the Connellini hand, man. For real, even I had to clear it up with Ed. Yeah, I, I didn't get it. It went over my head. <laughs> he helped me. He helped me find you on there when he got over here today, and he's like, "I don't get that." I'm like, "Oh, here's a deal." Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, he's now on Twitter. Uh, he'll be back for the Irishman in a couple weeks. Yeah, so. that's gonna be a good one. Hell yeah. Yeah. And finally, shout out the film floggers, just because. All right, so charting currently in the U.S. and Ireland, Hong Kong is still kicking it with our homies in Nigeria. New regions too. Ooh, we got two. Uh, two. Yeah. Ah, big week. Shout out to our new friends in Argentina and Syria. All right. Creeping all around the world, man. Thanks for the years. All right, it's current events. What's going on with Marvel and their release strategy? They got to get their shit together. Uh, what's happening? I don't know. I don't All right. So apparently, I thought, uh, what in Eternals so, coming next? No, the the the, 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 the Shangri Shang. Oh, Shang the Shang. Shang-, Shang- that's right. The the, the, the ten rings because I know what if just loaded up on Disney Plus. I'm just gonna wait till the whole thing's on there. And right, right. Doing them week to week. Well, so they put out Cruella and Black Black Widow, both the Disney Plus. Extreme, well, the premiere, premiere, the premiere. Like, if you pay the extra, you can watch them. Otherwise, yeah. it's over 30 bucks. Um, Fuck that noise. I'll wait till it hits a regular platform. And then this whole, to my knowledge, I remembered Shang-Li being announced Shang-Chi. as Shang-Chi. 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 I don't know. The ten, it's called Shit. the Ten Rings. I never really followed. All right, so much. the Ten Rings. I remember yeah. the Ten Rings being announced as the same thing. Uh, theaters and Disney Plus Premium. So what do they do? Not do the Disney? Well, now it's or? just exclusive, exclusive to theaters. Okay, so they didn't put it on streaming. No, and I I think it's because of this whole lawsuit going on with. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, I, I okay, I get it, I get it. Now I see where you're going with that. Yeah, because you know Scarlett Johansson. And then the, the star the of the Widow, movie the back, uh, the commented movie. on. Apparently, there was a um uh, a press conference, not press conference. It was a, a meeting, a studio meeting, or something. Mm-hmm. Hang on, I'm pulling it up. I got to search for it. Like, I should have had this prepared before we got into this. Hang but on. it basically comes off of, and Scarlett Johansson makes a you know a decent point. As much as I'm a big fan, I'm like just put it on my TV. Shang Chi, Shang Chi. Yeah, that's it. But it's about you know because a lot of these you know deals that the actors make are like I'll take this, but I want points on the back end of the box office. And then you take the box office out of the picture and drop it right into the living room. Then you're sacrificing. 
X amount of points, uh, which turns into millions of dollars. All right, so, so the brief, to, to, to chime everybody in, the CEO, uh, Bob Shep, Shepek from Disney, mm-hmm. um, announced that uh, it's going to be exclusive to theaters. People are wondering why the sudden change, especially with this whole uprising and, and, and uh, the, the numbers of COVID and stuff, the Delta variant and whatnot going on around the country. Uh, why not, you know, put it, you can have Black Widow when there was not really anything going around like it is now mm-hmm. with both formats. But now with this, it's kind of backwards, you know, it's exclusive to theaters. They're not doing it on the, the, the premium channel, but they're calling it an experiment for Disney. This whole thing. The, the uh, it's it's marketing it. spin. It's they're on the earnings that's, that's call. Marketing spin. Um, they're earnings. And that instead that, that the 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 actor who plays Shang Chi right. spoke out on Twitter saying, "We are not an experiment. We are the underdog, the underestimated. We are the ceiling breakers. We are the celebration of the culture and joy that were preserved for an after for an embedded year. We are the surprise. I'm fired the fuck up to make history on September third. Join us." Uh, just I mean, I'm all, I'm all about movie. the MCU, but I am not ramped up for this film at all. I'm not. I'm very... I mean, I get it. It's the origin of the Ten Rings, which is your Mandarin, and that's like ultimately Tony... That was Tony Stark's The Abomination's back. He's in right, I, I, I know that. I saw that in the, in, in the one you know trailer. But it looks whatever. like a throwaway one scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but... I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I'm not going out of my way. When it drops on the regular service, what, a year from now? Right. I'll catch up. And then the Eternals is in November, but they haven't announced how they're going to release that yet. Yeah. Which, oh, and I wasn't expecting it, but as you know, you know me, I'm a sucker for this guy right here to my right. So me and the multiverse of madness coming right into my living room that same day would have been genius. I'm that, that got pushed to February. Didn't I know, it? I know, I know, I know. Which means come February next year, there is there's probably not going to be draw. Although, you know, we don't know. I can't speak that far into the future. But I was loving the fact that I could just queue right in. I would have dropped the thirty bucks on that just because I'm a sucker for you know the Sorcerer Supreme. That's my that's yeah. my boy. We all know that. Well, he'll be back in December for yeah. Spider-Man. So yeah, true. Check him true. out then. Yeah, definitely. I'll be. We're getting four Marvel films. Got to play catch up, you know. I know, right? Yeah, they're making up for lost time, filling in the gaps. Definitely. After like it was a two-year gap. You know? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. All right. So weekly recommends. Mm-hmm. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? I'm recommending a film that I haven't seen recently, but mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of it. I was just thinking about it randomly the other day, and I was like, I don't know if I recommended this yet, but if I have, forgive me. But the Skeleton Twins with Kristen Wiig and Dave Hay and Bill. You Miller. know, I never finished it. I never finished oh, it. And it, it wasn't because we were disinterested. Um, it would. I remember Manny and I watching it um, back when we had the townhouse with my dad. So it's been yeah. probably five years now. Yeah, we, we it came out in 2014. That, yeah, that, we brought it up on demand or whatever, and I can't say why. You know, we it was probably one of those things where we kind of started it late at night with a buzz on, and like you know, got you know, we were less awake than we thought, so we figured right. we'd come back to it and just never did. But I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was it was Kristen Wiig and uh, Bill Hader, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Luke Wilson. And, okay, um, I see. I don't even think I made it far enough in for. For for him to show up, I maybe got maybe a half an hour into it. Okay, if that. Yeah, I mean, it's a film that I've seen. I've watched it. I'm gonna say it's probably about seven eight times total. Really, I've seen it a lot. I've seen this movie a lot. Um, 
it's the movie that made me believe that Bill Hader was an actual actor. Right. Because it, it, it teeters that drama, the, the, it, the whole drama. I hate the term dramedy. It's not really a dramedy. It's not it's, really a funny movie. It does have funny, because these two just have great chemistry and they're funny naturally. Like they're just like know? dysfunctional And they're, they play siblings. So, of course, they're going to, you know, throw jabs at one another that, are, that come off as comedic, you know? Right, right. But it's by no means a comedy. It's okay. a really dark movie. And I, th- I think that may have been what turned us off. And I knew going in that it wasn't like a slapstick, like Brian's no, Bates type no, movie no. It's with very, Chris and Wig. But I think that may have been it too. I think like we were looking, the two of us might have been looking for something a little more upbeat or up. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's worth mentioning. Yes, I'm aware that I am recommending a, a, a dark movie this week. But, but um, if it's a good movie, it's, it's a good movie. It's something that it's really worth watching. Um, it's it two powerhouse performances in Kristen Wiig and Bill Hader. Yeah, um, especially Hader. Um, but yeah, don't go into it expecting a, um, a straight up comedy. It, yeah, like I mentioned, it has some funny stuff in it because uh, these two are just naturally funny, mm-hmm. and they work great off of one another because they they got the chemistry from SNL. Yeah, but you know, it's a very seriously it's a serious movie, you mm-hmm. know, and um, highly recommend it. So, what you got? Um, so I don't have a film, but. I think you know where I'm going to go with this. I got a show. You turn me on to it. Oh, yeah. I, uh, My favorite I'm, show. I, I know, I know. And I'm pissed because I thought I had three seasons and I only had two. I'm nope. so mad. Dude, you were so right about Succession. Like, it took a little bit to get going, but I was fucking, once I was fucking hooked. And I, I'm anxious to see where where it goes. After that bombshell, right? Well, they, they 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 leave you hanging. It's it's like you know, it, it leaves you on the hook, just like the great the, the 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 recent classics always did, like fucking Mad Men and Breaking Bad and Sopranos and stuff. At the end of each season, um, I'm pissed though that now I gotta wait a week like everybody else, and you know I hate fucking. Doing <laughs> um, How do you but, think I've been feeling? I've been waiting for two years. I, I know two years, so that's what and I forgot that they were like the pandemic came up right when they were about to I start. I gotta rewatch so, like, this goddamn show back. because it's yeah, been I, that I, long. I, I did it like Mandy. Mandy went into it, so I just sat here by myself but and did it over the course so of like much. Brian think it took Cox, me like three days. Yeah, Jeremy Strong is just like, like and I was gonna I was gonna bring that up. Karen Calkin, like, it is I'm, so good, right? And and. Like, Alan Ruck. Oh my God, Alan Ruck it's is every, 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 Alan Ruck Everybody is, works in this. And when I texted I, you that when I texted you the other day saying, All right, um, I'm I'm pulling the trigger on succession. I want to watch this. Um, you know, because you know I'm a I'm I'm a sucker for Jeremy Strong. I like the guy's work. I've seen it. Like I think I first noticed him in the big short, and I just for whatever reason, I just dig the guy. Yeah. But um I was thinking just last night, knowing I was gonna bring it up on the air today. As great as a show is, and as and as the linchpin of a character as he is, let's face it, he's pretty much your focal point through through the series. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, he's definitely it's, your, it's your, your, show. your right. It's that. I mean, yes, yeah. it's a huge ensemble. Everybody's got their parts to play, but you're it's it's you know your through line is is, is um Kendall Roy, but. I only saw him smile twice in the very fucking beginning, the first like 30 seconds of the show when he's rocking out to the Beastie Boys love letter in New York and the yep. pilot when he thinks he's taking over the company and this yeah. fucking, and, and this BuzzFeed type media venture. And 
What do you, then shit just starts tumbling downhill for him. The guy's just, and who better to carry that sad sack look of a thousand yard stare at his eyes of Jeremy Strong? Mm-hmm. Am I right? You know, and the only other time he smiles when he's all fucking coked up and drunk when he's a hot mess. You know, and, the guy's constantly like, he's, he's like, and when he's rapping. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when he's, oh my God. That was so fuck. I was cringing. I'm like, Talk about cringeworthy. I'm like, dude, t- what are you doing? You asshole. Yeah. You have no idea what a fool you're making of yourself. Um, so yeah. And this poor guy, Kendall's like, he's cushioned by like this giant golden fucking parachute of billions. Yet he's coasting through a Foggy forest of life with a thousand yard stare. And I don't want to. Every direction he turns is the wrong one. He's constantly going the wrong way, wrong way down a one way street and hits a brick wall. Yeah, without going into any details. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. I want people to watch this show. Yeah. It's 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 HBO show, Succession. Two seasons down. The third season finally premieres this fall. They had a, there's a teaser on HBO now for it. Go check it out. And nobody, Um, like, there's, there's, everybody's fucking despicable. But, the the end of the first season, I think it's my I think it's the movie it's a, that hit me the most is yeah, when the hug. Yeah. You're like, my son. Again, it's, you're, it, you're it's, my son. If you're coming in if you're coming in that as a virgin. Yeah. Watch then, the first season at least. And, and then, then get a, that last episode. The season hug. one ends with a hug. The hug. Season two ends with a kick to the fucking groin. I can't wait to see where season three goes. So yeah, like I used like Everybody wants, let's face it, everybody wants to be rich. I don't want to be that fucking rich, man. That's too goddamn rich. And see, they're it hit home for me because it's a family empire. My father, you know. Right, exactly. Yeah, he, it he really was like, oh my God, that's my right. father thinking thing. Right, right. I never be in certain similar situations. Right. You, you, Although you, I never, I'm not Kendall. I'm no, not no, Kendall. there's just not a, I, I'm talking. C and J never went, yeah. went, went, you know, my million dollar graphics world leader, but still. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's like, I'd rather just be comfortable with no worries than super 1% rich because that just, because there's not a, even though you, you like certain things about these people, there's not a fucking likable person in the goddamn family. Not one. I love maybe, Rocky. maybe, maybe cousin Greg the egg. I'll break the egg. Oh, but yeah. something, something tells me like Greg. Something tells me that guy is just gonna he. he there's gonna be a turn there too. Because at cousin, first I'm like, all right, cool. Greg. I can get behind Alan Ruck's co- character of Connor because he's like, I'm just wearing, I'm waving the white flag, I'm Switzerland. Nope, yeah. you're fucking like there's. There, there's there's not a fucking nice bone in any of their goddamn bodies. Oh, and, but you're and I think I think Tom's the worst. He's got that, he's got that, <laughs> that look on his face. Such an like, asshole. The way he treats Greg. Oh it's, my it's, god. But he's, yeah, he's yeah. Like that guy's come up. It's you're gonna feel it, and he's it's odd. But yes, yeah, such. So thank you for recommending that again. It wasn't oh, my a movie, pleasure. But Everyone, great it show. Out. Yeah, for real. I've been dragging my feet on that. I watched first couple minutes of the pilot when it first dropped years ago, and I'm like, I'll get back to this. Maybe the old lady will want to see it. And then she's like, nah, I really don't think so. So I got it on myself, and I was just mad. I was mad when I started it because I thought it was three seasons on there, not just two. So now I'm all caught up with you, pal, and I'll be, you know. I'm just looking at this right now. This isn't a spoiler, but, you know, some of the cast for season three coming up. Mm. Got Adrian Brody, Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know that? No. Yeah, I'm, I did. I'm just now learning this. I did. I did. I, I'm sorry. I thought you knew that. I was going to bring yeah. it up. Yeah, I just I, I read awesome. that the other night. Yeah. 
like like uh, Brody, some some uh, apparently his, yeah, he's something. he's he's probably like like in a, like a you know head, leader of a major hedge fund, and Skarsgård's like a, a a big tech guy, like he's on the verge of the next big thing, and Brody's like you know this. I can only imagine where this season's gonna go. That's uh, for real, man. Wow. With there's fucking bombshells dropped. Not necessarily every episode, but every episode leaves you wanting the next, which is going to suck because I was able to just binge 20 of them in fucking two days. Until then, I'm saving the human race. (laughs) This is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. you want. There must be another way. Set ten years after the events of Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes follows a group of people in San Francisco who struggle to stay alive in the aftermath of a plague that wiped out most of humanity, while Caesar tries to maintain dominance over his community of intelligent apes. Alright, it's first time viewings. Uh, it's, it's just that. You see, this is actually uh, my, my first time. No, no, my first, it's my first time uh, since my first time so technically that's my second time and i don't i don't i don't want to suck at it so if i'm not up to uh, i saw this uh actually i hate to admit this on the air but i actually uh, downloaded the torrent back uh back when it came out uh it was still in theaters it was a, a good like 720p 
copy. I just downloaded it. I was bored one day in the summer. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, like I said, I hate to admit this, but it's the truth. Let's face it. We talk <laughs> about the, 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 the treasure chest. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. It, so, and I'm sure but I have supported this ju- film down the, in further and stuff. Yeah, I'm sure a majority of our listeners are guilty box of, sets of, of and stuff. the same but, yeah, type It of is what it is. So, yeah, I, I, I checked it out on the laptop in the, the summer of 2014, not long after it came out. Um, and, yeah, uh, just, of course, I fucking loved it then. And, um, yeah. So to talk about it. How about you? Um, mine would have been when it premiered on HBO, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, it was because Mandy Nights, well, we've already talked about it. You and I went to the opening night of Rise of Planet of the Age. We're blown away. Um, I, I had already shown Mandy that one. And then we were looking forward to Dawn. And I believe it was, we were still living, uh, we were standing, yeah, back, back on that release. We'd have been living with, um, we had a basement apartment our mom and dad to watch it on the HBO premiere that night. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with, you know, the third one too. So yeah, that was my first viewing and, um, flabbergasted, blown away. Um, and I said this when we did the rise episode and I'll say this again, when we do the war episode. This is a very, uh, this is one of my favorite cinematic trilogies. And this is one where I'm just, this is just my personal opinion, but I feel each chapter improves upon the last. Much like I fucking loved Rise, you know, I adored and fucking dug the feel of Dawn. And then I, which means I can't wait until we dig into war in a couple of weeks. I'm still kicking it around. What do you, what is that about? Oh. I'm still kicking it around. I'm not sure which one I like more between this and Rise. Um, but yeah, well, I'll, I'll have more to say about that one or war episode. Yeah. Uh, so live top five. Rob, it's your turn. Okay. I'm feeling kind of basic today. Top five side ones. Track ones. Janie Jones, Clash from The Clash. Hey. Let's get it on. Marvin Gaye from Let's Get It On. Nirvana smells like teen spirit off of Nevermind. Oh, no, Rob, that's not obvious enough. Not at all. How about uh, Point of No Return on Point of No Return? Lewis, so you can uh, get up a... Shut up, shut up. <laughs> white Light, White Heat, Velvet Underground. Okay, that would be on my list. Though not and on mine. Massive Attack, No Protection. The song is Radiation oh. Ruling the Nation. So this week I asked for our top five apocalyptic films. Actually, I want to clarify what you texted me this morning. Ah, you son of a bitch. So I texted Ed this morning. I'm like, hey, by the way, what's our top five this week? <clears throat> and he goes, top five post-apocalyptic films set in the future. <laughs> and I'm like, as opposed to post-apocalyptic films set in the past? And what was my response? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm ready for the list. I just had to share that with them. Five for me. Uh-huh. What a world. Uh, mine's gonna be Children of Men. Nice. I like yeah. that. Yeah. My number four is Snowpiercer. Uh, my number four is gonna be Book of Eli. All right. Where this is heading. Mm-hmm. My number three is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Okay. My number three is Snowpiercer. All right. Look at that. My number two is Escape from New York. Okay. Um, my number two is The Road. I love it. Yeah. Ego Mortensen. Yeah. Good stuff. The Cormac McCarthy novel. Yes. And with starring a young Cody Smith McPhee. Oh, thank you. Okay. Yes. Yes. If you will. 
My number one, uh-huh. Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, my number one is the entire, well, the, 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 the Rockatansky saga. The whole, just the all of it. I'm even looking at you, fucking Thunderdome, <laughs> because I got to lump you in there so we can get to Fury Road. So I consider that whole thing a fucking saga, not just it. Mad Max. Welcome to the Thunderdome, um, bitch. Yeah. So as much as I hate to, I got to throw, you know, anti-entities. Fucking, we don't need another hero. I know, no, I know, no, no, but no. I, but I have a couple of runner-ups too because as you again, this is a very, yeah. this is a topic that I I seek out even the shitty ones like that fucking weird Barry Bostwick movie to, from like the late eighties. I forget what it's called. Um, <laughs> so Escape from New York made my runner-up. Um, Edge of Tomorrow was pretty cool. Okay, like the concept. Of like you know, live die repeat. I remember it was being marketed as live die repeat. So. Mark- yeah, but that was a tagline. People mistook. But it, was, that it went into production as live die repeat. It was when it was released. I remember following the production. It was live die repeat, and then it kind of it, it kind of you know one eighty right before releasing Edge of Tomorrow. Okay. Live die repeat was the. Uh, I vaguely remember it being another title, but okay, I could be wrong. Um, only seen it once. Not as big of a fan as you, but I still appreciated a quiet place. Love a quiet place part I two. Haven't seen part two. Yeah, it's um, my favorite film of the year so far. I'm gonna, I know it's what you said. I'm gonna wait till you know I can lay hands on. It. I'm not gonna you know drop a dime or seek it out. Yeah. Um, Zombieland was fun, and then have you ever heard of a movie from the late '70s called A Boy and His Dog with Don Johnson? No. Yes, dude. It's fucking. I remember coming across it. I must have been in. Um, I was probably 14 or 15. I remember spending a weekend with my dad and I came across on a like commercial television, like channel 54, channel 45, something right, like that. Right, right, right. Um, so this commercial edit or whatever, but it's, it's played more like a comedy, but again, it's, you know, apocalypse style mm-hmm. or post apocalypse. And it's basically Don Johnson's, he's young, probably in his mid twenties and. I, for, I forget his okay. character's name, but he's got this dog that he's got that he speaks to telepathically. The dog's name is Blood, and while Johnson's character is on the lookout for like you know food and survival tools and stuff, right. Blood is there to you know find women for him. <laughs> and it's it's it just goes to weird places. But a boy and his dog is a it's again it, it's it's a genre flick from, I want to say probably between 75 and 79, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, again, very young Don Johnson, but I, that, that made my runner up. And for some reason, it just always stuck out from that one TV viewing. And I watched it once or twice. I'm edited. I think streaming or on cable. All right. You ready? Yep. As the film picks up with the end credits of the previous film left off with the vision of the, Sumer- of the simian flu spreading all over as we get various news outlets providing us 
With the exposition, we need to kick things off, telling us about the disease and how it's destroying the population by the millions while everyone else is fending for themselves with riots, destruction, plagues. The entire world's going to shit. It ends with the map now showing darkness that indicates we've all been wiped out before we get our title card for the film. Cut to an extreme close-up on Caesar. I fucking love this strong yeah, yeah, image to kick this movie right, off. Boom, and it just opens right on his bright green eyes. I mean, Caesar is this story's centerpiece, and yeah. the, the war paint that he's wearing represents the struggle his kind of been handed with. True, true. You know, it's been a decade. The destruction of mankind that he's... Started and, single-handedly, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, and so he's carrying a lot of weight on his simian shoulders, if you will. And he, at this point, he'd be about 19 years old, 20 years old, which... 18. 18, mm-hmm. okay. 18. So between 18 and 19. So he's, you know, that, that's when a man's totally becoming a man. You know, so yeah, he's got to carry this weight. And let's let's face it, the whole pre-credit sequence with... Uh, you know, the quick little montage of, at the time, President Obama talking and, you know, they showing the, the map of the spread. And, and like, what, what they're recommending is if you feel sick, stay home and cover your face. Like, we just lived through all that shit. So, are, are, is this what's coming? You know, is this why we're doing these films and Contagion coming up? Is, I mean, are we living in this now? At what point well, do I put spikes on my car and do I get to start wearing leather pants Contagion you was know, voted. And, I had no control and, over and Contagion. A fucking I mean, for some reason, people pick Contagion over Drive. So we're doing Contagion next week for that reason. Um, oh, it was put. I didn't realize it was a poll. Yeah, yeah next week's okay. the poll episode. Okay, I thought I'd do it once a month. And and, and drive, as far as this, the, it's just uh, a coincidence. Running. It's a six. It's a it's a six sad coincidence. Yeah. that we're covering back to back films that are like talking about. Pretty what much we, what we're living in we're now. Living through, right. For the most part. I mean, I know it's gotten a lot better, but... Talk it, about apocalyptic films set in the past. Shut up. <laughs> you a bag of dicks. All right, so we got the the war paint, the face, the, the, the close-up on Caesar. Um, he's leading Koba and the rest of the army of apes towards something in their territory. Of the Redwood Forest, the place that they claimed as their home at the end of our last film, Rise. Um... So the, the 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 apes, they're more prepared, more alert. They're they've got this flow going on that they they're, I, I we we're, we haven't really dived into it yet, but we're, we're about to find out they're mm-hmm. they're leading a, basically a pack to go hunt to yeah. hunt to hunt and hurt a deer. Yeah, um, I mean they've they've had ten years at this point to form a community, which you would expect. Yeah, to happen left in the wilds of Borneo or forest Pacific much Northwestern United States. Yeah, this is what would happen. You give you know, leave them alone for a decade and give them their own territory. I would expect nothing less. So, we see that Caesar has a son, blue eyes. Yeah, he's by his side when he kind of. I dug how he kind of named him after his grandmother yeah. a little bit. Yeah. You know, I appreciate that. Yep, he calls out. Uh, and the apes, they, they like I said, they hunt a running stampede of deer. Uh-huh. Uh, they catch one. There's some big ass deer. I know. Man. It's like fucking eight, 12 point bucks in there. So Caesar slowly leads blue eyes to the dying deer when a brown bear suddenly appears and attacks. Uh, blue eyes gets like clawed in the face and the chest pretty badly. Um, yeah, it's, and this is where I made a note. Like, I like how they, they, they kind of deliberately scar your main players. Yeah. So that you're, you as the audience can distinguish. 
you know. Are you reading my fucking notes? No, no, I'm just saying it's literally right here. So love, you know, I, I like how they scar the major players so audience can track them. So, yeah, because you got Koba's got his blind eye, you know. Talking about Blue Eyes scars, do you think they did this to help distinguish him from the rest of the it's, age? So you, so you know who you're, yeah. so, you, so the, even the average, you know, film goer could be like, okay, that's Koba, that's Caesar, that's, that's, um, yeah, 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 Ash, yeah. That's Rocket, and there's Blue Eyes. And Ash is more of like a light gray color. Sort yeah, of, like yeah, a yeah and he's a little and, shorter, but yeah. he was also the one that was dominant in, in the sanctuary when Caesar first showed up till Caesar showed him. That's yeah, really, Rocket. That's you're right. Ash you're right. is Rocket. Ash is Rocket's son. son. That's right. what I'm, Rocket's who I meant. But yes, that's and that's so. why Rocket. That's why Ash is like the gray color because of Ro- obviously Rocket's the right. The yeah, Rocket. Well. Rocket was the dominant yep. champ in the sanctuary until Caesar showed up. So Caesar calls out for Koba. For those of you who remember, he's the scarred up one from the first film. Yes. He runs and jumps into the air with a wooden spear and kills the bear with a blow to its head. Yeah, it's a nice slow-mo shot. Like it's a badass a shot. Yeah. He gets huge, mad air. It's like about a five-foot sharpened like timber log. Yeah. And he just leaps onto the back of this grizzly bear and stabs him right between the shoulder blades. And then the, the bear like kind of like fuck roll, falls and rolls down over uh uh, Caesar. Yeah, it just tumbles right for it. Just tumbles <laughs> and Caesar appears and thanks Koba for helping them. Mm-hmm. Um, so they bring their cats back to their uh, their their home. Uh, big wood. They've got themselves quite the land. Yeah, they built basically like 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 um like like the Ewok village <laughs> yeah. from Return of the Jedi. They, they're much. they're up in the trees and they've they've taken all the timber and they they've created like a. You know, a, a surrounding wall, like a fortress almost. And, mm-hmm. they, you know, they got bridges and, and sanctuary set up, up up in the trees, which by know, the, I guess given a, by there's the probably a couple hundred of them over the course of 10 years wouldn't be too hard to yeah, accomplish. By the waterfall, the redwood forest. Yeah, perfect. Koba tells Blue Eyes that scars make him look strong yeah. and were reintroduced to Maurice. Mm-hmm. Who is uh, the big orange orangutan from the first film? He's seen as Dr. the Zayas, Dr. Zayas. He's Dr. seen Zayas. as the community teacher for the little apes. Yeah, he's, he's like kind of teaching the alphabet stuff. And I made a note here too, because um, I don't remember. It. I, I I haven't watched the you know the original series in quite some time. I love the fact that you have them up there, so I can go revisit them. I'm going to do that soon, but. I don't even know that, like, at least in the first couple, the originally could. I don't remember the apes being able to, like, read at least English. And the reason I bring that up mm-hmm. is if you remember, um, the, the, like, reveal at the end of the second one, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, when, you know, the two humans are like, they're down in the subway or whatever. And they, I remember them kind of peeling back. So there's like a, a like a circus portrait, like a poster for a circus. On the wall that, like, they discover with the I'm apes. I'm probably not going to remember, to be honest with you. Yeah, I've, I've I seen them each one time. It was a long time ago. I haven't revisited them yet. Yeah, they're collection. all they're, they're, they're very corny products of its time. But let's yeah. face it, without them, we wouldn't have this. So that was just a note that I made. Like, I don't remember whether or not the apes could read English. Okay. Or yeah. at least could even, you know, were literate at he's all. He's writing on the wall. Right. He's, he's like, ape, not kill ape. And he's yes. teaching them the letters. But, like, he's carving them on slate. So I dig that aspect where, like, Maurice is educating yeah, it's only fitting he's right. kind of like the the moral figure right exactly he's your dr zayas yep so we, we can have our toby kebble conversation here okay um 
also kind of like Andy Serkis, known for a lot of motion capture work. Yeah, I made a note that like Cabell was he was at that time set to be the heir apparent to the whole CGI throne from Andy Serkis. Yeah, you know, because he did. He, he kind of still is. This what I mean because he was you know, he was he was Kong in Skull Island. He as was well also as a kid, the helicopter played, pilot. Exactly. Um, but an early death was, scene, by the way. Right, right. You know, he was you know Doctor Doom, Doctor Doom, mm-hmm. and that shit-tastic Josh Trank film that I've only seen that work print that you laid on me on a bootleg. So I'm kind of looking forward to going back and revisiting that shit show with a nice big old bottle of Chianti. <clears throat> Um, but yeah, so like circus has kind of moved not only outside of the, you know, the dots and the, you know, the CGI, but to behind the camera. And Kebble is like basically is, is heir apparent to that style of work. Now, Warcraft, he's also a character in Warcraft. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He was, yeah, he was one of the orcs in Warcraft too. So yeah, like he's making a name for himself. And I'm sure he, you know, studied under, you know, everybody considers Andy Circus your, you know, go-to CGI actor guy, but let's face it, he's directing now. He's, he's doing that, you know, um, Venom, the new Venom movie. Right. Um, did you ever see the film he did with Simon Pegg? They're the grave robbers in like Victorian England, Burke and Hare. No, it's actually really funny. It's a remake of like, like one of that, like a hammer films, uh, hammer studio comedy from the late seventies, but it's a true story about these grave robbers and, in like Victorian England or whatever, and it's yeah, it's Andy Circus and Simon Pegg. It's a very funny film. Hmm. It's called Burke and Air. I recommend it. Um Okay, so Tony Kebbell, the one of his earliest roles, he was in the film Control. Uh back in 07 Control. about Ian Curtis. The film with Ian Curtis. Oh about um the, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Joy the, Division. Joy Division, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he yeah. was in that. I did see that movie. Um and then he followed that up with Rock and Roller. Uh, had a role you know, I've only seen that once. I've never I seen it back. Really? Never seen I, you know, when I watch it, you had it on. You had it in the treasure chest. You made it. it on me, but it. you never watched never it. Never watched it. I, I did. That was the first time I remember seeing Tom Hardy. But again, it was like when Guy Ritchie was. I don't want to say on in a slump, but it was. It, it it didn't hit me the way I wanted a Guy Ritchie film to hit me. Which is, but it's also been so long. I want to go back and look at it. Again. Um, I was kind of surprised to see that he was in The Counselor. I like The Counselor. I've seen The Counselor I, a couple of times. I own it. Um, I, couldn't, I, couldn't I don't recall him being in this 20, movie. I couldn't make it past the first 15, 20 oh, minutes. Oh, man. You got to. The yeah. end's kind of intense. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's, I know you've. It's yeah. kind of like the end of the movie is kind of like when like, you hit the fast forward button, a lot of stuff gets wrapped up like. Quickly, it's like rapid it's fire. It's not on your voodoo, is it? It's on voodoo. Is it it's on, on my voodoo? Yeah, yeah. I think I out. keep skipping over it because Manny and I tried to watch it on cable or something years ago. And I'm like, Ugh. like I'm just, so give, give it its, let yeah. it get out of the gate. Give it a date, okay. So All right, I will. The last thing I um, see his name attached to, um, which came out last year, is a Bloodshot movie. I haven't seen it. I've never seen it either. Yeah. The last film I've seen of Toby's is um, obviously World of the Planet of the Apes, which came out the same year as Kong Skull Island. Um, so he did. And that was the last time I think that he did motion capture work. Um, he was in War of the Planet of the Apes too? I guess he yeah, has did. a dream sequence. That's right. That's right. So he did come that's, back. Yeah, I was going to. I was going to ask that. He's on got the that episode. credit. Okay. So he did. He's so he did reprise there, Cobra, yeah. for, Cobra for that dream sequence. All right. Um, so yeah, uh, that's that's yeah, pretty yeah, much. He's, yeah, he's kind of trying. He's kind of doing the circus thing. Like I'm going to shift yep. in front of the camera. Yep. Okay. Take so it. Caesar's called up to his wife Cornelia, played 
played by Judy Greer. Do you know this? Mm-mm. That's Judy Greer. No shit. Yeah. Fucking look at that, gang. Your boy's learning something new on his own podcast. You would never no even clue. know it. No. Does she have any dialogue? No. No, she's just doing mocap. And she, huh? she reprises her role in war. No shit. That's true. That is for Judy Greer. She's yeah. Yeah. No shit. I didn't know. Who will be talking about in a couple months on Halloween? Yeah. Yeah. True. True. No shit. Lori Strode. You know, I got to tell that to Mandy. She would dig that too because she likes her work. Yeah, Judy Greer. That's cool. So, um, from the. Uh, I remember in. Um, uh, Jawbreaker. Jawbreaker. Uh, no, no, no. What was the. Um, uh, Three Kings. When she Three was, Kings? Yeah, she, was, she was the journalist of Three Kings. And She's, the god awful Wes Craven film, uh, Cursed. I just never watched that. Oh. Like it's drug. It's like I remember that had like the less like, said about that, the better. I assume that the West. Christina Ricci flick with about yeah. werewolves or something. Yeah, her and Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, Eisenberg. That's Please it. I was going to say Justin Long, but yeah, no, I never. I, I heard it was a, a metric ton of shit. And I was so, so excited for that. I remember the production for that movie. It was supposed to be like the new Scream almost. Uh, yeah, but it took like two movies. years to even get it took longer than that, my friend. <laughs> and then the Weinsteins finally shit. got their grubby hands on it. <laughs> fucked it all up. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I had no clue yeah, that was Judy, Judy Greer. Greer. That's cool. This is Judy That's Greer. Cool. Um, which... You are aware who plays Bad Ape in War of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, yes, right? yes, okay. yes, yes, okay. yes. In fact, I put Mandy to the test when we were watching it, and she couldn't figure it out. I had to tell her at the end. Okay. But okay. yes, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll dig into that. that. We'll we dig into that. Yeah. Yes, yes, In yes. a week. So, Cornelia yeah. has just given birth to their new son, Cornelius. So, Caesar and Maurice are talking. Caesar tells him about he's having another son, reminds him of how far they've come. When asked if he still thinks about humans, Caesar says sometimes, but it doesn't matter now because humans destroyed each other and that the apes are family, even though they fight too. This is when we're told that it's been 10 years since the first film. Cause it's, yeah, it's, it's, like it's been, been 10 winters. 10 winters, haven't seen him in the last two. 10 winters, That's the back and forth between... Um, 10 know, winters without any humans. Maurice and Caesar. And it's what I love is like, these two are... I don't want to say you're Butch and Sundance... But they're the balance. They're yeah. the true balance of your ape community. And it, it's fitting for, we'll talk about the next episode, like how it comes to a close. Yes. Um, yes. It's overall, it's why I love adoring the truth. There's this, this shot here, though. There's something about the way Caesar looks that I wanted to point out. Like, he looks very mature in this moment. Like, he like there's this, this look that they, they gave him for this moment here. You're talking about, like, in the like, eyes or just overall? Overall, because like, you get a good look of him. He's kind of, like, overlooking uh, Maurice. In, right. Like, he's, I guess he's on a ledge or, or something. Yeah. And it's just a really powerful, like, look. Well, and it just, it's stood Think out. about it. The guy's carrying the carrying the weight of his own race on his own shoulders. Like, the, the, there's, he yeah. literally wrote the next chapter for the future of his race. That is not going to be an easy burden to carry, and that's cool of you to point that out. I never, I, I, I never took notice of it, but yeah, it really I, you would figure that would it, that would uh, that would weigh heavy on a on, on anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, it's blue eyes and another another day named Ash. Or on the way back from fishing. Yeah, I love how they're goofing with each other when they're yeah. fishing. Like, like he just kind of jumps and like shoves him when he's trying to spear the fish. Or just like kind of goofing around, having mm-hmm. fun. I like that. They all of a sudden encounter a human named Carver, played by Kirk, Kirk Acevedo. Acevedo. Hey. 
Carver immediately gets scared and jumpy and pulls his gun on them while trying to hush them. Um, so Acevedo here, uh, I remember him from Oz, mm-hmm. and he also had a role in the fourth season of The Walking Dead. He was a, a, a guy with a tank who helped the governor um, in this group that he found. But I mean, you, remember you, from you, Oz. You already punched out at that, by that point of the show. Yeah, yeah, I did. But I did. Oz, I, I a lot Oz. of people remember him from Oz. Yeah, that's what I always remember. So I was kind of surprised to see him in this because I'm like, hmm, I'm yeah, still good work. getting work, right? You know, I felt I said the exact same. Oz had ended like over ten years prior to this, <laughs> right? You know? And that was his big calling card. So yeah. uh, Carver immediately gets scared, jumping, pulls his gun. Yeah, I said that already. So we hear a gunshot go off. Now that's the the apes also hear. Then it cuts back and it's revealed that Carver shot Ash. Who we soon learn is Rocket's son. Yep. Rocket's the one from the original who teases Caesar. We talked about that briefly right. a minute, minute ago. Yeah. Um, but it only injured him. Didn't kill him. Just, just kind of like a him. shot in the shoulder. Yep. So Carver's group soon arrives as well as the other apes led by Caesar. Uh, Rocket cries out to him that they shot his son as one of the humans named Malcolm, played by Jason Clark, tells him that they don't mean any harm before ordering the group to lower their weapons. Caesar then yells out aloud and demanding, Go! Mm-hmm. As the humans are scared off back to where they came. Malcolm's son, Alexander, accidentally leaves his bag at the scene while Caesar orders Koba to follow them. And that is probably the biggest mistake 
Caesar has made so far this film is to tell Cobra to follow yeah. only because of yeah he told Cobra to follow I mean yeah, yeah he kind of, I understand Cobra is number one it's like he's lieutenant right, right as as sergeant at arms he should know his, after his right hand man years. is Maurice but his sergeant yeah, at arms right. is going to be Cobra he should have known better because Cobra has a very obvious well vendetta. I don't think I, I, at this point again we haven't seen their their, their interactions for a decade now. But with the lack of humans being around, maybe Cuba hasn't displayed. Not saying it wasn't there, but maybe he hasn't been. He hasn't displayed that sense yeah. that he displayed to, to Caesar anyway. That he displays in this film. I got you. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah I got you. So, Koba and a couple other apes follow the humans over the Golden Gate Bridge as they arrive at their base, led by the leader, Dreyfus, played by Gary Oldman. Yeah. Um, uh, my boy. Jesus. Yeah, Gary Oldman's another one who just has this uh, I mean, where do just, we start? I'll never end. Where do we start? Where do we end? Uh, that's Gary exactly Oldman. it. i tell you what I did want to bring up is... Something that me and Vanker had started just on a goof years ago, probably 15 years ago. I think you got in on it. Me and Mandy still keep it alive. Well, um, we talk about the Goldies. Remember, did I ever tell you about the Goldies? No. Okay. So it's this make believe like, like a Hollywood award ceremony, right? Kind of like the Oscars or the Tonys, right? right? But it's called the Goldies. And it only, like, I bring it up, like, okay, so Gary Oldman won the Goldie for best coked up paranoid detective for playing Norman Stansfield in Leon, Leon the Profession. Right. Okay. He also won the Goldie for best white Rastafarian pimp <laughs> for playing Drexel. So, like, the gist is, like, every category, Gary Oldman wins every time. You know, okay. like we just said, the whole fun of it is whatever movie we're watching, we write the category. You know what I mean? And his acceptance speech is like, who would have thought I, Gary <laughs> Oldman, would be the recipient of this year's Goldie? <laughs> you know? But yeah, so like, where do we begin? I mean, fucking how many great characters? You know, Dracula. Dracula, fucking Sid Vicious. We Sid Vicious, yes, Spivey, Vicious. Norman Stansfield. You Commissioner know, Gordon, list, you know uh, Commissioner Gordon, Mason Verger, and Hannibal. Yeah. We can go on and on and on and on and on. We can do it a- off your face, <laughs> right? We can do a four-hour podcast on this man alone. And what I love about him is, like, he even admits on talk shows, he's like, I don't watch his movies. I wrap the pick and I'm fucking done. I get off set. He's like Bruce Willis. He's like, I cash my check and I move on my life. I lived it. You know, I know the works out there. Let it speak for itself. I'm Gary fucking Oldman. As you should be, pal. So I want to look at his. Friend, I want to take a look at his filmography real quick. Christ will be here all goddamn no, 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 no. I just want to see what roles surprised me that pop out that I didn't really know about or forgot about. So, right <laughs> tiptoes with Matthew McConaughey. No, everyone knows that one. <laughs> and, if, and if you don't, he's a midget. <laughs> he's walking. He plays a whole movie on his knees. He's a. That movie's a. My dad turned I me on. Forgot. Big daddy's like, you gotta watch this fucking weird film with your boy McConaughey. I forgot he like, was. What the fuck are you talking about? I forgot he was Beethoven. Here we go. I forgot he was in Lost in Space. He plays Doctor. Yeah, Doctor Smith in Lost in Space. See, I, I mean, what was his that. name in um in um? Oh, oh fucking multi. I cannot believe me personally. I've had Fifth I've Element. Waited this long to bring this role up. Fucking serious black Harry Potter. I, see, and that was the last and one. He's that, like that was the last the one MVP I for that series. That's too. what that's what I've heard, man. I've never finished anything. He's that the was best the last part of that, that whole franchise. Was, 
that one. And I heard like he was kind of like your Han Solo, almost like not necessarily moral center of the wizard school, but he was like your cool, like roguish type character, which who better to cast than fucking Gary Oldman? I guess Gary Oldman had a fuck it 2014 because not only did he do this, but he also did RoboCop, which I did not know. I had never got through that entire film. It's a travesty it was still remade. Um, I can't believe they got like Michael Keaton to be the villain. I mean, look, I'm sure Oldman's like, hey, as long as there's enough zeros on the check, I'll show up. Just the thought of a fast RoboCop just, I don't know, just defeats the whole purpose what, of the really? original. What, really? Like, he fucking runs and shit? Oh, yeah, he runs, he does, like, super jumps Jesus fucking Christ. It's on the voodoo, check it out. Oh, my God, I don't think I will. I'd rather watch the unrated Paul Verhoeven original. So, Malcolm tells them that they have to talk, that the dam's intact, and they well, can start generating, what? Are we going to have the Jason Clark talk? I want to have the Jason Clark talk. I have a spot for that. No. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I didn't know I had a spot. Sorry. It's a method to my madness. <laughs> so they got to talk. The dam's intact, and they can start generating force within a week. He has a dry fist get in, as they explained. that Carver shot one, and they, they, they spoke. It was remarkable. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like the, yeah, exactly. It's like the first time you hear it's one of those moments. Like Kind of like the first time we heard, you know, Caesar's home. home. Right. Exactly. Right. Uh, Malcolm described it as incredible while Dreyfus questions the virus and if they're contagious, something that Malcolm's wife, uh, Ellie, a former nurse from the CDC, quickly shuts down. So now we can have the Jason Clark conversation. All right. This is actually a Jason Clark role that I'm 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 good with. I'm fine with him. He had this resurgence around here because he played a lot of minor and like the 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 early to the, the the mid to late aughts, he had very background character roles here and there. But then around this time, lawless, lawless, is and a great I'm role. also I'm um I'm looking at you, Death Race. Um, I'd see. I don't. I never saw. That's a Jason Statham one, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah I yeah. prefer the Corman Carradine original. So. Yeah, I'm just a sucker for that. Schlock. Yeah, he's he's Joan Allen's security guard. Oh, okay. Um, and. Around this time, you got this Terminator Genesis shit that he put it's, out. You know, and um, I think I would have enjoyed that more if the marketing hadn't completely fucked the whole goddamn thing up. So I took. I revisited that movie, down. and it has got a yeah. lot more problems with okay, it. Okay, okay. Uh, so, it's, so it's not just me. No. I'm thinking, I'm like, all right, I'll blame it on the marketing. Maybe I'll look at it again. And you're like, no, 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 don't even bother. You're right about something. A, okay. a spoiler, spoiler alert, we are never covering Terminator Genesis. I don't think we will. Um, I mean, you, you, you got Halloween 5 out of us, and you're going to get more shit coming up, but you ain't getting Terminator Genesis out of us, at least not for me. I'm sitting that one out. I'll produce it. I'll, I'll edit it. I mean, if you want me to edit it, um, it might not, not be gonna, an episode. I'm not going to be involved in that shit, yeah. Um, yeah, Child 44, Night of Cups, White House Down. Oh, Child 44, um, he had, he was just doing a lot of work. Did you ever see Chappaquiddick? Another one I was thinking about. Everest. Oh, Everest was good. Yeah, Everest, Everest was good. I liked Everest. Did you see Chappaquiddick though, where he played Ted Kennedy? Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah, it was, yeah, there was, uh, yeah, her and I watched it a couple, um, about a year or two ago. Okay. Very, not bad. Ed Helms, um, and Jim Gaffigan, both in, you know, pretty serious roles, part of Kennedy's inner circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the, I think it was one of the Mara sisters in Kate Mara plays Mary Joker Peckney and, uh, Bruce Dern. As you know, the patriarch Joseph Kennedy. So I'm. I know you're familiar with the story of Ted Kennedy and Mary Jo Capecchi. A little bit, not, yeah. Where he's gonna yeah. flip the car over on a drunken, mm-hmm. you know, debaucherous night up in the Hamptons and shit, mm-hmm. and got away with 
murder, if you will. Yeah, so that that's my favorite Jason Clark performance is his, you know, fronting Chappaquiddick. You know, it's very, very, very good. Movie. Right. And the less said about Pet Cemetery 2019, the better. <sighs> so they drive to the base where all the survivors and civilians are sheltered. Uh, we see Koba and his two other apes watching them from nearby as it cuts back to the apes as they're going through Alexander's bag, which is mostly just sketches and drawings. Koba's pretty firm on attacking now before they attack yeah, themselves. Yeah, he just, he, just like, he just sees a human and he wants blood because but what you, went down at Genesis. Yeah. Um, so he's carrying that, which you can't blame. I'm saying he's in the right, it's but really you a, understand it's where It's a double-edged sword. When How do you feel? About, because you've got, you got you, you can you can relate, not relate, but you can reason with why he's feeling the way he is. But you also, it's it's wrong the way he, he the, the road he chooses to go down is totally the wrong road. But you can you gotta you gotta understand where he's come from and 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 because all the, the the test the humans did all that te- he was their lab monkey for, right you know, the lab rat yeah when they when much. they when they moved and to the ALZ one thirteen is like he was like he was the go to one when they moved on yeah what's his face kept on using him as you know all of his for all of his tests and stuff right. so he's got nothing but nightmares of human beings so he loathes humans because of this one person who chose to use the same ape for all these just fucked up things it's we're he's looking at you, David Oyewolo. I know. He's looking at he's, it's, he's he's got this grudge, but again, it's just the wrong road to go down. It's but a justified grudge, but the way he carries it out is pretty despicable. I mean, yeah. Um. So the Caesar, yeah, he's from attacking, but Caesar and Maurice are against it because they don't even know why they came to the force to begin with. Kobe uses the fact that Ash was shot and Blue Eyes had a gun pointed at him before Caesar lets out a loud no. He says that if they go to war, they could lose the home that they worked so hard to build. He's right. He tells Koba future, and that he'll decide what to do by morning. And as he's just walking away, Koba stops him and reminds him of the torture he endured under the human's, human's captivity, essentially being their personal lab rat. Like it's like human exactly. work. Human work. Human work. Yeah, because... Caesar he says to me, he's, he's, we'll, we'll let them do their human work. And, you know, that's when Koba's like, human work. Caesar, you know how I got these scars. Right. He points to his eye, human work. He points to his arm. He says, human work. Yeah. You know? He reminds Caesar that he frees him and that he and that he do anything. He freed him and that he'll do anything for him in return, but they must show their strength. Caesar tells him that they will and the two shake. So, cut to Caesar on his horse. Yes, folks, you heard that correctly. They have horses now, just like the original film. And when I say the original, I'm talking about the 1968. Uh-huh, when they're chasing Chuck Hessen to the head of the Statue of Liberty. You bastards. That's right. So, with other apes. You and bastards. Their army. I mean, Caesar's, he's got them all with him, pretty much. Approaching <laughs> the gates to the human's base. We hear the alarm sound and then cut to the gates open for Caesar. Malcolm comes out alone against Dreyfus's wishes and speaks directly to Caesar, who tells them that they do not want war, but they will fight if they must. Caesar then returns Alexander's bag and points out that they have their home and the humans have theirs. He right. warns them that not to come back to the forest before leaving. Um, so it's kind of just a mutual understanding. Hey, you guys, we got the forest. You guys got the tower here. 
we're doing our thing, you're doing your thing. Yeah, we, you got the that city, we got the woods. It's pretty much the fucking line in the sand you do not want to cross. Right. Make keep the peace. Let's keep the peace, you know. Right. And stay on your side, we'll stay on ours. Kind obviously, of like the, we know it's not like the happen. DMZ in Korea, you know what I mean? Right. And if only we were that simple. <laughs> So there's a bit of panic going on amongst the humans that's quickly stopped and Dreyfus takes to the intercom to deliver a speech of their past and what they're up against. He reminds them that they're almost out of fuel, which means no more power and that the dam where the apes reside is the answer. Then when asked what they're going to do, he tells them that they're going to find another way so they can communicate with the rest of the world to see who's out there before rebuilding and reclaiming the world they loved. Now, at this point, they've been trying to run like at least a quarter of San Francisco's city grid on a fucking gas-powered generator. Yep. You know, and they're trying to, you know, get enough juice to utilize, you know, almost like satellite radio to communicate with any other military or surviving outpost anywhere in the country. They only got like two to three weeks worth of gasoline left. Meanwhile, they're still driving Jeeps and cars, I'm sure, too, you know, a necessity only, but still, you know, let's face it, they ain't getting no more. Eventually, the gas is going to run out. So is the beer and cigarettes, and that's when I become an irate bastard. So this tower that they're at, look familiar? I, you know, I was trying to place it even today. So no, what what is it? What is it? Warm dog. This is a Fox movie. It's Nakatomi Plaza. Is it Nakatomi Plaza? Oh, hell yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. No shit. It's a crumbled down Nakatomi Plaza. No shit. And so it's the old Fox Studios building, huh? So, I mean. No shit. I did not pick that up. Now, the whole futuristic element and whatnot reminds me of another movie from another genre. Land of the Dead. Hmm. Cobbler's Green or something, what it's called, um, where Dennis Hopper resides. Yeah, Hopper's like up in the penthouse, and they got yeah. You know, he's it's it's like basically like it's, it's 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 Romero's comment on the cast system, rags to riches, one, right, right, right. You know, from the lower to the upper class. Yeah, yeah. It kind of reminds me of that, not fully, but in a sense. That's I, I was kind of getting flashbacks. Bowling to Green or something this. like that. Yeah, it's something. I it. something like that. It's I got a. It's a weird name. Um. Yeah, I would like to cover that. Oh, that whole oh, yeah, series like one get, day. I'd like to go back home. Oh, well, night, really dawn, day, and land. But then we'll stop at land. No more. Yeah. <laughs> um, so afterwards, Malcolm tells Dreyfus that um, there was a powerful speech. That was a powerful speech, but there isn't another option, and that the dam is the only option for power. Dreyfus says they'll fight, and that they're only two weeks away from being powerless, and that this is the only chance to to contact the outside world. In order to rebuild a new life, Malcolm asked for three he's days. Like, he's like, when you and I founded this place, we founded it on, you know, discovering a source of power to get us back to the life that we knew. Right. Is what he says. Mm-hmm. So it's like almost like his, like Dreyfus and Malcolm led the troops to Nakatomi Plaza. Yeah, it's, it's something along those lines. I mean, yeah. there's definitely a, a, a sense of like, you know, a connection between Malcolm yeah, and Dreyfus. Yeah, there, camaraderie. There. Yeah, exactly. Um, Malcolm asks for three days up there, but Dreyfus is against it. Eventually, he gives him what he asks for, and that after three days, they're going up themselves to kill every last one. So Malcolm is packing, talking to his wife, Ellie, about the trip. Ellie's played by Carrie Russell. Now, no. I mean, besides being... Um, um, Felicity? No, well... J.J. Abrams, besides yeah. being cast in a bunch of his projects, Mission Impossible 3. Oh, yeah. 
uh, Felicity. I'm sure she made an appearance on Alias at some point. Mm. Maybe, maybe not. She didn't understand. I, I remember her being a talk of the town. And a, You're not you an American fan? I'm sorry? You're not an American fan? Uh, oh, yeah, I remember she did that show. No, I never saw it. Wasn't it her and like um, Jason Isaacs? No, it was, um, what's his face from Bob? Uh, from Hateful Eight and uh, played Bob. Demi Bashir? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Demi Bashir. Okay, yeah, no, I never, I never sure watched that's who it. Was. I never watched that show. Um, wait. No. You know, like Russian Matthew sleeper. Reese. Matthew Reese. Okay, see, again, no idea. Okay. They're like Russian sleeper agents or something. Yeah, like I never watched yeah. the FX show that just, I don't know, went over my head. Not on my radar. Um, but yeah, you're you're, you're right. In, in in the '90s, she was like the next big thing. She was on the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember her from Honey I Blew Up the Kid. She was the babysitter. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, she was in that movie with uh, Rick Moranis. Um, didn't really have the movie career that one of her caliber you would think had. I mean, she really didn't do anything in the '90s uh, outside of what I just mentioned and a film called The Curve that I talked about before with Matthew Lillard. Uh, we were soldiers. Big fan of that movie. Mm-hmm. I know she's one of the wives, the, the housewives in that one. Yeah, it's that Mel Gibson flick. Right? Yeah, and like yeah. I said, Mission Impossible Three. Yeah, that was the last. That was the last season thing I remember because that was my favorite one of the franchise. Uh, Bedtime Stories, Adam Sandler. Yeah. <laughs> Not a big fan of that. Nope, never even saw it. Don't think I will. And then speaking of JJ, Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker. She's in Skywalker? Put me to sleep. Yeah, she's in Skywalker. Yeah, I see how much I remember that. Uh-huh. So, since you don't really sound too thrilled to be talking about Carrie Russell. Yeah, let's move on. He says that she's uh that he says that he's taking Carver, even though he shot one of them because he knows the damn and is the only one who can do that part of the job. Now what I what, what I made a note about here that I never noticed till today is like uh, if you notice in the background because like you know Malcolm's packing up his shit. It's like in their room, if you will. Yeah, they're in you know, and it's like the the makeshift plumbing that they got going on. Did you ever take note of that? There's yeah. like if you look at the background because obviously you're focused on the conversation between Malcolm and Ellie, right. but if you look behind them, there's like this tube running from the ceiling that comes to like what looks to be like almost like a you know ten gallon jug with a spigot on it so it's like that's how they're getting plumbing now okay it's almost like they're collecting which would make sense it's like they're collecting rainwater from the roof and Uh they got to funnel down and if it goes down that makes right is it like they can make boiling you know boiling for drinking water and bathing Mm -hmm. water and stuff i don't know why that just stood out and they made a note of it but yeah it's kind of cool to make sure in the background kind of sells the you know reality right 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 um she asks what he's going to say when he gets to the apes, and he says that he's going to tell them the truth before asking if she thinks he's crazy. They both admit they're worried, but it's something that has to be done for their own future. The two embrace, and she tearfully begs him to take her in case someone gets hurt. He tells her to stay behind for Alexander, who speaks up by saying he's going to. Cut to the family and their associates driving through the forest in the rain. They park. Malcolm gets in the car, says give him some Asked for a couple hours while he goes to talk to the leader. So, I don't know. I would have went up there by myself. It's, he's, I mean. Gotta do what you gotta do, I guess. He's, he's your, he's your main lead. So, you gotta give him his, you know, his moment to shine. So, he decides he's gonna go up there and try to communicate with you. Yeah, I guess it's a way of running trust. He's, right. He's, he, he feels like, you know, uh, I'm sure he's intrigued because he just watched this ape speak. 
So he feels like maybe he can communicate to him, especially if he comes alone. Yeah. You know, they won't feel as threatened. It's less likely for an immediate attack. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the logic behind it, it's it's a bit of a leap of faith, but we're going to go with it because it progresses the story. Like we say, movie's going to movie. That's right. He then approaches their area and is stopped by a large gorilla who comes up behind him. Gorilla, it's the Silverback Sentry Squad. He lets out a big yell that alerts the other apes. Then they take a scared Malcolm deep into their area to Caesar himself. He's like laying, they're carrying him on all fours, pretty mm-hmm. much. He, 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 there's a quick POV shot of just looking up at the sky as he's right. being pulled around. They force him to his knees as he begs for his life and says that he knows he was warned not to come back, but he wouldn't be back if it wasn't important. He says he needs to show him something as Kobe yells out, human lies, right. something that Malcolm shoots down. The um, apes get rowdy before Caesar quiets them and tells Malcolm to show him. So then we go to the dam where Malcolm's explaining to Caesar how the dam's important for restoring limited power. He asks Caesar if any of this makes sense with him responding, lights. He explains he's not a threat and that if he is, then he can kill him. The others Malcolm brought with him is brought up. So we cut back to the van and the apes surrounding it with Malcolm yelling or telling them that they can stay, but they must surrender their guns. We see their weapons being destroyed at the camp. They don't just confiscate them. Yeah, they, they just, just destroy them. Yeah, they don't just take them away. Because they, they're they against the it. They've seen what weapons and guns like this bring. Right. They don't want to have yeah, any they, more they, flashbacks. They, of that they were Golden there 10 Gate years ago on that fucking bridge. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it would happen at Golden Gate. You know, you know how they say Vietnam flashbacks, and I'm sure the apes say Golden Gate flashbacks. Right, exactly. You're right. <laughs> you so know, it's 86 that we'll do it with sticks and fire. PTSD just destroy it. It's better to get rid of it than right. keep them all together. Right. So. Uh, Koba warns Caesar that if they get power, they'll be more dangerous. And Caesar tells him that they seem desperate 
and if they make them leave, they'll attack. Cobra wants to attack while they're weak. While they're weak, yeah. yeah but Caesar can't risk any more lives. It's like being how many killed. apes will die? That's right. Cobra then reminds Caesar of his scars, saying, "Human work." Yeah, he's like, "Let the humans do their work," and that's where Cobra's like, "Human work." And he points to his arm, human work. His face. His face, human And his eyes. He's, he's got a dead eye, essentially. He's got a dead eye because white. of human work. Caesar, Caesar stands over him as a sign of power, which makes Cobra back down. That night, the humans have their own campfire going on. And Ellie tells, uh, tells Malcolm that he needs to eat. And what he did was brave. Malcolm explains that he's doing this for Alexander because he doesn't deserve to go back to the lives that, that, that they lived before when everything went under. Right. It's then mentioned that the apes have the advantage because they don't need power like humans do. Yeah. Carver's getting pissed about the whole ordeal that's, while it's brought up that Malcolm and Ellie must have married after the world went under with Alexander being Malcolm's and Ellie having a daughter who died from the virus. I never picked up on this before, this viewing that I watched. Just well, now. That they were never together until post-apocalyptic yeah yeah yeah. They're, they're, yeah they're, they're, they they had separate families they, they totally came had together a, totally had understood that they were a family prior no, to this no, no, they, they came together and then as I'm really the focusing on the film and all the dialogues that's how I like to tend to do for these episodes right I'm like oh wow like, I'm surprised I've seen this film a handful of times I've never noticed before that until this viewing that they they each had people that died, but these yeah. two come together they, after shit went exactly. down. Exactly. They, they they were they were they so were. She has no relation to Alexander no, at all. Not at all. Much. She had she had a husband and a daughter, much like he had a wife. Right. Okay. You never noticed that before. Oh no. I okay. No. Okay. So Cornelia is shown being very sick as she's wheezing while holding their newborn. Caesar comforts her. She brushes it off, saying that she just needs rest. The next morning, Alexander wakes up to Maurice standing outside of his tent. The others wake up, and it's revealed that all the apes are there to take them to the dam to begin their work. Cobra's said to be hunting, but in reality, he's checking out that base they've got. A couple yeah, guys. Cobra's going hunting, all right. So we've got a couple guys here doing target practice. I'll get to one of them in a minute. Uh, using an awful lot of ammo. It's wasting the shit. They're, just play- they're, they're testing the... That's what they tell drivers is like, you know, they, they uncovered a new load of weapons and they got a fucking stockpile ass armor. Oh, they do. Uh, we're gonna that find armor out. is just fucking stacked yeah. fucking floor to ceiling. Yeah, Kobe, this is where Kobe checks it out and sees it. Right, yeah. yeah. And, and these guys are out there like they're shooting a dead Humvee, if you will. And I'm like, why are these guys shooting it up? I'm guessing it was no good to begin with. The Otherwise, only two scenes that you see them and they're just firing guns off. Right, but they're, what, they're, what they're aiming at is a right. fucking Humvee. It's what they're taking target practice on. Yeah. I'm guessing like it fucking split an axle or some shit became no good for some reason. Otherwise, why in the hell would you use that for target practice? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, these guys are out there to just like firing a couple rounds a piece out of each magazine, out of each weapon. Just, you know, to test them, but it's really just a bunch of good old boys shooting guns with nothing better to do in the middle of an apocalypse. Yeah. So one of the two target shooters, they, he finds Koba and calls for the other guy, Terry, to come here. After a tense moment with Koba looking angry, suddenly he starts playing stupid. I know. Koba just like totally plays and he's like, yep. <laughs> he starts goofing around and stuff like, look at me, I'm your And your he's acting man. lost to avoid right, being like, I'm your circus chimp. Yeah. Koba eventually leaves, telling the other apes that they've got enough weapons to kill every single ape. Mm-hmm. So back to more damn work. They discover a blockage. More damn work. That's all right. <laughs> they discover a blockage that has to be cleared. Alexander and Ellie are alone together when he brings up the the, the daughter. 
he says her name. No, she says her name was Sarah, but now she has Alex and his dad. Right. Malcolm blasts the blockage, but it traps Malcolm and the other apes inside of us. Uh, 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 Malcolm and the others, not the apes, the others, inside of a, ta- a tiny crawl spot. Um, I, number one, I wouldn't be blowing up nothing in that goddamn little crawl shit that they're it's, in. But yeah, I wouldn't be on that side of it when I'm blowing it up. That's what I'm thinking. Like, Why I, did it, they wait till they got out of there to hit I'm, that button? I'm going to be on the side. I'm going right. to be behind makes, the fucking detonator. It makes no sense. I'm going to be, be 20 feet off. behind the detonator. Because you, know you, you, you know what happens was going to happen. Hey, you, let's face it. That all, all, all that rock has been, uh, is the correct, I don't know the correct term, sedentary, sedentary, whatever. That shit's been there for 10 years it's a right. little it's gonna be a little fragile yeah i would be literally i would be south of the goddamn detonator before i press the button so malcolm and the guys are trapped like i said the apes come to the rescue freedom malcolm thanks caesar for saving their lives but then mentions more time due to the debris that needs to be cleared it's around this point when carver is revealed to have been hiding a gun the entire time little cornelius is going through so Cornelius is playing with Ellie. Yeah, so and Cornelius is only you know he's maybe like a couple days old. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, and it's cute, man. Like I, it's a cute, a very here. cute. I made a note here is like, um, if you don't smile at a baby chimp, you're a Nazi sadist. <laughs> you know what I mean? He just crawls up on her shoulder. Everybody's like having fun with him. Like I, I you know, there's a part of me that wishes that that chimp was real and I not know, right? fucking CGI because it's so adorable. And then he gets down and goes over to where Carver's stuff he's just is. He's around. Like he a pulls a towel or, or something and he reels the gun. And Carver starts darting towards him. So he swings at it. Yeah, he swings he at swings it. He swings at it. Yeah, naturally Caesar's like on the defense and that's my son. And you know, he discovers it as scenes made. Carver tries to attack the kid, the, the kid, the baby champ. Caesar takes it and throws it into the river, uh, while Malcolm denies knowing anything about it. Caesar well, Malcolm didn't know anything about it. Carver snuck that shit out. Yeah, yeah, I know. When but you still, said denies Caesar. knowing anything about it, huh? he admits not knowing. He's like, well, I, we had no idea. It's this fucking asshole. Asavito's well, the asshole. Okay, I got gotcha. you. The way I worded it. So Caesar demands that they all leave now, as he's called to his wife. Cornelia is shown in a really bad state as mm-hmm. Malcolm enters with El- with Ellie. <clears throat> they see Cornelia and Ellie immediately asks questions and offers to help. She says that she has medicine and antibiotics, but Caesar says he doesn't trust them. Please, please, I just need to speak to her. I'm sorry. That was all my fault, but I will make him leave. This... My home. You should not be here. I understand. Malcolm. She's sick. How long has she been this way? I have medicine. Antibiotics. Maybe she can help. Do not trust you. I don't blame you. But believe me, we are not all like him. Please, let us help you.
Malcolm says he doesn't blame him, but they're not all like Carver. Right. Eventually, he allows them to stay and finish their work. But For Carver, one day. one day, Carver sent away while the others are allowed to stay. For one day, Kobo arrives back at the new. Well, uh, oh, actually, but yep. before before we move forward, like yeah. um, I want to make note of this, something I just took away today. Like just after that scene when they, you know, when um, Caesar throws the sold off shotgun into the lake, and they agree to stick around for a day, and it cuts it cuts back to you know the aid camp, and you know how they have that boulder kind of in the center of the camp, yeah. There's an overhead shot. Did you notice what's carved into the boulder? I just noticed it today. I noticed carvings, but I didn't pay attention. It's it's fucking Caesar's window. Oh, oh, oh! It's carved into the rock. I just comes back too in this film, right? Right. But I'm I just noticed that it was carved into the boulder. So that's like they're. And I'm I'm curious. I'm anxious when we get into war. Like I didn't even pick it up when we. When it's in they, war. You know, it's it, in war. It show up in war yes, too. Yes, it does. Okay, because we didn't. We we did dawn of war back to back. You know, okay. less than two weeks ago. Oh, it so definitely we're, shows up in but, war. But I did not notice until today that Caesar's window design is carved into mm-hmm. that boulder in the center of the camp. Yeah. So it's like. You know the apes graffiti, if you will. Yeah, they do call it back. It's 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 kind of like Caesar's calling card. Right, exactly. It was and it's, they, it's paint- hieroglyph. There it is. There you right. go. Boom. It's it was it was painted on the in in even at the end of um Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Think I brought it up when they're when right before the apes cross a bridge. It's painted on one of yes. the street signs. Yeah, it is. It's, it, yes, it's in war as well. It becomes a calling I, I card for, in war. You know, for the apes. Yeah. So I just noticed that today. It was pretty cool. Right. Sokoba arrives back with news of the weaponry he discovered. When he asks Blue Eyes where he is, he tells him with the humans. That's when Koba physically throws Alexander out of his way and then tells Caesar about everyone that he's basically becoming weak. Uh, around everyone that he's basically becoming weak and that he loves humans more than apes as mm. well as his sons. This is when the two start fighting. Caesar on the verge of killing Koba. Yeah, he beats him to a pulp, basically on the you know on the grade of this this 
um, uh, a water wheel, if you will, like in the base of this fucking power plant. Mm-hmm. Like, pummels them into all the apes are like up on the catwalks and shit looking yeah. down. The humans are kind of cowered up into a corner. They're just they don't know what they're like. What well, like, what the, I don't know. There's I a know. fucking ape fight going on. They I don't are, know where I need to be, but they I need to hide behind so something. They are so out of place right now. <laughs> right. And they're witnessing the hierarchy. Yeah. You know, this is almost their first time witnessing the hierarchy within the ape community. So they're just, they're, they're scared, taken aback, amazed, flabbergasted. Like, there's a whole bunch of emotions going on there in the human race right now. Yeah. So Caesar reminds himself that apes don't kill as he lets go of his hold on the, the bloody Koba. Koba uh, ends up holding out his hand for forgiveness and approval, which Caesar reluctantly does. Later on, Koba is seen hiding the info on the guns that were found, saying he fears for Caesar's life. Yeah, it's like um, he's, they're eating dinner, and or the apes are eating dinner, and one of the apes is like, you didn't tell Caesar about the guns. He says, and Koba's like, neither will you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. That's exactly how it's, this, how it's brought up. Um, the next morning, Maurice shows up at Alexander's tent again. Um, we can talk about it now. Alexander's played by Cody Smith-McPhee. Uh-huh. Um, First thing I remember seeing him in, um, I want to say, was "Let Me In." Mm. Am I am I off? Well, he was in that. Mine would have been "The Road." When, okay, when yeah, I, yeah, when, yeah, I, yeah, when yeah, I first okay. watched "The Road," would be good. See, I didn't see "The Road" until like about five years ago. Dude, or so. I had bought that film, and it like like no, when I was getting into it, it took me a while to even push. In play fact, I didn't, was, I didn't know there was a twist because I knew you know, I knew it was I knew it was a deep fucking hard journey but it was you know it was a very good story um so that was when i first remembered but yes in the in in when and it was matt reeves who did yes. you know the last two yep. apes movies mm-hmm. um when he adapted um let the right one in into let me in uh yes that was cody smith mcphee and uh, also played the titular character paranormal voiced character of Norman. Oh, see, I didn't, I've never seen it, but is, okay. that, is that him? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Animated film, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. Uh, recently, um, the X-Men franchise for Fox, the last bunch of films, he was in Apocalypse, uh, Deadpool 2, Dark Phoenix, he was uh, Nightcrawler. He, oh, he, yeah, he was he's Nightcrawler. He's the new Alan Cummings. He was, he, he, yeah, he's a new, uh, or Kurt, um, Wagner. Wagner, Kurt mm-hmm. Wagner. You're right. You're right. You're right. That's okay. I forgot about that, but yeah, you're right. And then actually, the last thing I saw him in was Dolmite is my name. Um, was he in that? I even enjoyed that. Like Manny and I had fun with that flick. I didn't know he was in that. Yeah, there's a lot of people in that movie. Though. I don't. Yeah, it was. I don't know. I forgot him. he was. I mean, it was, yeah, it was. I've only seen it the once, but it was. It was fun times. I remember. I don't know. I used to listen um, to Rudy Ray movie. Yeah, I mean, but you know. All in all, he's just an upcoming actor still. I mean, he's been at it for about a little bit over a decade now. But yeah, he's, he's, he's getting to work in. He's gigging it. Good for him. Slowly but surely, you know. Uh, Alex hands the orangutan his book on the black hole from before, and he sits down to show him the pages while explaining everything to him. Yeah, and I mean, no, like, too, it's, it's such a sweet moment when Alex gives Maurice's graphic novel. Like well, like, number one, seeing Maurice show back up is just sweet right. in its own. Right, Maurice is like kind of checking on the humans to make sure they're okay. It's my morning routine. Right, Alex sees him and he's like, "Hey, you were looking at this yesterday. I want to thank you. Um, let me give this to you." And it's nothing more an ape would like than a picture right. book. 
Right. You know, and it's just, it's just a very touching, quiet moment in a, you know, action, sci-fi, fantasy extravaganza we've come into. It's a nice little quiet moment that we enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, did you know, do you know who plays Maurice? No. Female. Okay, I don't know. Well, Maurice put, is, a, is a male. And well, I know that. I know that, but is it a female that I would know of? Or? No, no. It's, okay. it's, 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 she's, um, it, her name is uh, Karen Conival. Okay. But here's, she, here's her picture right here. She's uh, in Snowpiercer. Um, she plays, she's in all three films that she played, um, Maurice. Uh, looking at her filmography, um, Scooby-Doo 2, um, yeah, even the image doesn't ring a bell from Snowpiercer. Um, the movie, not the TV show, I'm assuming. Correct. I've never bothered with that TV version of Snowpiercer, by the way. I haven't either. Um, and that's because I just don't really... I like to keep it one and done. I'll I like to till, keep that. I think that's a I'll, nice I'll wait till it's streaming. Because it will. To, to me, I just think it's that, that, that story stands on its own. That's what she's doing now. It's, it is the show. I thought it was the movie for a second. It's the show. Okay. It's a recurring character named Dr. Pelton, okay, apparently. Yeah, see, no, I didn't. But on the topic of the show, Snowpiercer, because we, well, both of us are huge advocates for the film, but no. um, the movie, the, the show, I'm just waiting until it comes on like your Netflix or Prime. Uh, it'll probably be on Prime one of these days. Maybe and I'll I'm just binge it. Bored with I will binge nothing it. Nothing else to do. Because I'm but, curious as to how they're going to turn a. A, a simple a plot like Snowpiercer. Gangbusters. It was adapted from a manga comic. Beginning, middle, mistaken. and end. Right. Unless the show comp- it is, comp- is just a lot of flashbacks. To episodes. me, that's like Cabin in the Woods, season three. Like, no, you just don't get to fucking do that. I don't man. know. I just, I'm just curious, and I'll get around to it. It's just right now, I yeah. no, I got other things to worry about than the right. Snowpiercer show. Yeah. Uh, Sokova returns to the Fire Squad. Now, the one of the two bumbling people, we'll just call them bumbling fools for now, the, the two trigger-happy men, uh, one of them is played by Kevin Rankin. Um, you probably remember him from Breaking Bad? I was going to say. Final I season. Knew. Yep, yep, yep. He was, he was one, of them, one of the fucking Nazis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, where that's exactly where I remember him. He was. Huh. It's the truth. Um, and he, does he show up in El Camino at all? Like he's like a flashback moment or no? I remember. I remember him. He's yeah. He's an El Camino. Yeah, he's, he's he shows up there. He's like one of the flashback moments. But yeah, he's he's one he of fucking run as like just kind of like characters like this. Yeah, he minor. played the greasy fucking gun running redneck. Is what he basically played. Yeah, and he's you know he's in the film High, Hello High Water. Good movie. Yes, you're right. He was that's a skyscraper. He played one of the, the the henchmen in that movie. Mm. He was, um, I believe, he was Reese Witherspoon's ex boyfriend in the film Wild. Did you ever see Wild? No, it's a good movie. Is that the one where she like did she like just, like it's a biograph the biographical mm-hmm. picture? She's like she's fucking she goes walking through Africa or something. Yeah. Okay. Um, good movie. I recall it being good. I haven't seen it since it's. I know of it. I never watched. It came it. out the same year as this, actually. Okay. Uh, and then he was also a year prior to this, uh, a henchman in White House Down. Mm. All this around the same time he was on Breaking Bad. For the I remember him from Breaking Bad. Yeah, like, he's yeah. in there with the big shootout. And a lot of people are probably gonna remember him most from Breaking Bad. Yeah, so. yeah. He's the shootout where we he lose Ken Schrader for Christ's sake. Yeah, he's Ken. Yeah, he's definitely a loose cannon. Yep. Who was it, Uncle? Um, what was um. Michael Michael Bowen. Michael Bowen. Thank you. Jesus <laughs> Christ. It was fucking my time. I know. Yeah, Michael Bowen was ahead of it. He's like Uncle, you know, Goss or something. Not Goss, but you know that. 
Yeah, no, it's uh, you mean uh, Uncle Jack? Uncle Jack, Uncle thank Gus, you. Would you call him I, again? It's been a couple <laughs> years removed for Breaking Bad for me. Um, so Cobra comes back, returns, um, playing dumb again. Right. Acts like he's picking up. No, he's there's a moment where he's, he sits down next to him and he's acting foolish, and then he like takes he, the guy offers him, you know, his bottle of whatever it is, like scotch or whiskey or something. <laughs> Say, that's all you need is Koba all hopped up on Johnny Walker Blackwood and assault rifle. Yeah. <laughs> Koba takes a swig. Spits it out right away. High whiskey, spits it on him, and it takes the gun, shoots them both. Right, that's all you need is Koba all hopped up on Johnny Walker Blackwood and assault <laughs> rifle. So, uh, Malcolm and his team, so yeah, Koba's definitely taking things in his own hands. Uh-huh. Koba, Koba, Malcolm and his team get to the da- get, they get the dam running as Koba is seen riding back on his horse with the gun that he used to kill the fire squad guys. Mm-hmm. Powers restored as we see an old gas station powered up. His music being played through the PA. It's the, yeah, ba- the band's the wait. This is what the song's playing. We'll know when we get back to the city. Trust. You know what? I made a note here too. It must be nice to finally hear music again. Yeah, right. Can you imagine that? It's probably been years since they've heard like yeah. any song, let alone <laughs> that one. Uh, Malcolm tells Caesar it worked here and they'll see if it worked overall once they return to the city. Caesar tell Mal- tells Malcolm that he's re-earned his trust mm-hmm. and then Koba kills Carver. Yeah, he just fucking he fucks him up, dude. He's just like Carver's dude, just He hears the music so he's like, alright, so he lights his cigar and then Koba just shows up Next it's freaky ass moment, like the way because Koba's yeah. got that scar in his eye, right, right there in the darkness. He's kind of out of focus a little bit. It's like a shadow figure that pops right. up. You know it's Koba, and he just grabs. He slowly turns towards Koba, and then Koba just pulls him out. He drags him by his neck, just drags him out of the him. fucking driver's side window, and pummels the shit out of him. You know, you know, it's established that they're like 10 times stronger than right, us, so I'm sure he right. broke some serious bones yeah, it's, and he, killed he him right away. like two or three times, but that's all it takes to wipe out a human being. All right, so Caesar shows Malcolm and his family the lights from across the bridge, indicating the restoration work for their people as well. Cornelia. Yeah, it's a... Because he's like, we'll know more when we get back to the city. And it's like Caesar takes away, he's like, you don't have to go back to Come up here with me, let me show you something. So like that moment, it's like, a, like they're starting to bond. You know what this moment is? What is it? The calm before the storm. Yes, it is. It is. That's exactly what this moment because is. Because he's like, it, it seems to have worked. We'll know when we get back to the city. Everyone. And then the exactly. next cut is they're up on the end Caesar. It's almost like you expect Caesar to put his arm around him. Yeah. He's like, like We did it, pal. We did right, it. Right, right. It's, you. it's again, all because it's, of you. It's just like, just like Alex Maurice and the graphic novel. It's that, that quiet little moment that touch of humanity yeah between you know mankind and and the apes yeah um so yeah cornelia is then shown she's more mobile and healthier as she embraces with blue eyes Yeah, antibiotics are working yep uh while this is happening koba is seen pulling an assault rifle 
and shooting Caesar with it. Uh, not before he lights his Zippo. Yeah, that's right. I forgot to mention that. I yeah, thought he, that happened He pulls one of these. Yeah. And he like tosses that Zippo. And Sets I, I, I made a note. Everyone's celebrating. Torches his home and his own power bed. Like he torches what they took. What took yeah. him a decade to build right. up. He just wants a straight fucking gaslight. It's not just him. He's got his two followers doing right, it but they don't. Right. They don't know any better. Right. I don't want to say don't know any better, but they're just you know they're sheepishly following the leader. So, right. Koba torches so, what took him a decade to build up. So and if, then before anyone can notice the fire occurring, before it gets spreads. Right. Koba shoots Caesar. Caesar falls, plummets to his supposed death. And nobody sees it. Like, Koba's on a branch about probably 15 You just hear Koba yell away. out that humans killed him as the rest of the, the camp set ablaze. Right. And, and Caesar just drops off a branch. Nate, next to his wife and kid. Yep. And this Good is where shot. Koba convinces the other apes to fight for Caesar as the humans run off. Koba tells Blue Eyes he'll avenge his father as the fire continues to burn down their camp. <laughs> Malcolm and his family escape the apes by hiding all while they're charging down towards the ramp, towards the hill, down the hill towards their camp. Yes, Maurice just turns to me and goes, run. Yep. As soon as Akuba announces that shit, Maurice knows he's like, this motherfucker's making a power play. Run. Get out. And that's why, you know, Caesar and Maurice are your fucking Ed and Sean of this goddamn (laughs) franchise. So everyone at the end, uh, everyone at the camp celebrating, everyone's at the camp celebrating having power again. Um, this fucking scene, Dreyfus, he's going through his personal photos on his tablet because they got power. Yeah, he's got like a fourth gen iPad. So yeah, I, I, I know, but that, that, life. so he he's finally with that power is able to see his family again for the first time in however long it's been. Yeah, the first image that comes up, it looks like him in like 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 in the Afghan like like in, in, in you know Desert Storm or something. Right. And I actually paused it because I was looking to see if if there would be like an image of young Jason Clark in that same uh, troop photo. Yeah, right. I paused it today, but it's not. In fact, Oldman's photo is blurred by the scuffs on the on the bottom right corner of the iPad. But when it, when it blips back to life, the first image that comes up is him and his troops. And what does it looks to be, you know, uh, Desert Storm or something, indicating that he was a former soldier. And then he swipes and sees photos of his wife and kid. And it brings him to a motion. And he breaks the Yeah, it brings him to a motion. He probably hasn't seen those mm. photos in 10 years. Yeah. He's got memories. I and mean, it's definitely, you know, it, it, it adds a... a, a depth of character yeah definitely a level of humanity to drive as his character because he's right. not quite your villain so much he ain't paper thin no we, we're giving this guy some kinda, character kinda, to kinda, work with yeah he kind of teeters a line there like he wants the best for his humanity yeah. what he can't see is 
what Malcolm sees is that balance, mm. the yin and the yang, you know, the symbiosis that is necessary. I mean, and as much as I appreciate this scene and love it, you know, it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Mm. Um, you can still tell that fucking Carrie Oldman was only here for like a few days, collecting yeah. a paycheck. Yeah. This man always here. You cannot convince me he was there for more than a week. No, no, no. He he could he could have shot all that shit in a week to ten. Days. Yeah. I know. Sure it's like, uh, all right. So move on that a little bit. The humans are now trying to contact other survivors as the apes arrive at the camp and immediately begin the destruction, starting with the armories that ends with them taking over all the guns. Yeah, I love that. No, I will say I love the slow mo shot beginning this invasion. Um, help me when, out here. Which one? When when the apes. You know what? You know, I might be a bit, I might be a bit ahead of myself. I am. I am. Okay. Even, okay. I am ahead of myself. Okay. So they're just getting the armor. I'm like, what's right? slow mo sequence? They're, sorry. Sorry. They've sorry. taken the armory over. They got yeah, all the okay, weapons okay. now. Love it. Um, that's okay. Uh, the back inside the camp, Dreyfus orders to keep the apes off the walls as they prepare for combat. Yeah. Um, there's a speech here. Uh, the apes charge the gates as the humans. Led by Dreyfus, opens fire. Well, before they can. Yeah, he's like, he's looking through the scope. He's like, they're coming down California Street. And as, right as he's like, he, just as the apes come into focus and you're looking through the point of view of Dreyfus' scope. scope. Through the scope, exactly. Right. As soon as they come into view, you hear a gunshot and then Reeves does this quick edit to it and flips the camera back to the apes' point of view, if you will. That gunshot came from the fucking apes, man. They fired first. Yeah. You know, and this is the slow mo shot I'm talking about. Okay. They fucking storm the castle and they're riding the horses. And because um and there's like yeah yeah it's just like a fucking really cool battle scene and the reason for that it's worth mentioning is because it's 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 blue eyes he's it's shown with him having a heart and he's visibly being scared and this is all you can see him being torn it's the the invasion exactly he's torn he's confused yeah, he's, he's like just, um, my father wouldn't want this but he's not here should i follow this guy right and he's got quite the decision to make right um so the the so this leads to another attack uh cobra okay so cobra Who's double fisting assault rifles, my ass. Yeah. That was just a fucking cool shot. Yeah. He's like straight riding the horse with a couple of AKs in his hands. He like, leads. I'm a monkey with two automatic weapons and a fucking beast of burden. He leads Look at me another attack. Cover. But this time, the humans use a rocket launcher on them. The apes <laughs> continue to overpower the humans. And more and more casualties are shown. Now, you know what You know what I noticed today? Right when Gary Oldman delivers his line about bring me the rocket launcher. Mm-hmm. It's right after he, because right, right when the attack on San Francisco starts, he kind of stops a young boy, like shows him how to load his gun. Like he shows him how to load the weapon. Right. And then right before he delivers a Brimmy to Rocket Launcher line, he like, he, he ducks under fire and he looks at the right of him and the same kid's got a bullet in his head. So Oldman was only able to help this guy. Like Dreyfus is only able to help yeah, this yeah, kid yeah, for a matter that. of like two or three minutes of a poor kid's life. Yeah. You know what I mean? I did not pick that up until today, but yeah, like he's walking by as they're marching into battle and he kind of shows him how to load his rifle. Mm-hmm. And then they're getting inundated. The humans realize they may be the underhanded ones. 
and Dreyfus ducks down and he turns and he sees this same kid with his eyes open and a bullet hole in his cranium. He's like, give me the rocket launcher. Scoba witnesses Morris being killed at the hands of the humans defending themselves, further angering the already pissed off ape. Cobra gets his hands on a tank. Oh, this fucking 360 shot is goddamn gangbusters, man. Cinematography for the fucking win. For real, dude. It's, it's, it's like, again, Matt Reeves pulls it off in Let Me In when they flip that fuck, when you stay with Jenkins on the inside of the car when it flips down the fucking ravine a dozen times. You know, so yes, he like dizzies you in the reality of the moment. And the last fucking thing you want is Cobra the pissed off monkey. To be at the hands of a goddamn mobilized howitzer. Yeah. Um, so, Michael Saracen uh, shot this film. Uh, doesn't really have... Uh, for a cinematographer, Name I feel about. personally, he doesn't have the career that you would think a name... He's not a Roger would. Deakins. No, 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 no. So, I'll go down some of the stuff. Or Vilma Shigman, but I mean, the name rings a bell. Um, okay, well, back in the 70s, he shot The Ragman's Daughter. It was his first film. Okay. Uh, and then he shot Bugsy Malone. Oh, the kid's gangster movie. Dude, I remember that. I love that film. Midnight Express. Midnight Express. Just talked about it on the show. Yeah, I was going to say, we talked about that not too long. Nick mentioned it uh, during the, the, the... Last week, I believe, he brought yeah, it up. he did. He did. So, uh, Saracen also shot Fame in 1980. He shot... I'm gonna live forever. He shot uh, a whole... Oh, pretty much all of Alan Parker's films in the 80s, he yeah. shot. Fame, Shoot the Moon, Birdie, Angel Heart, and Come See the Paradise. Okay, so Angel Heart. I think Angel Heart may be where... It's like the, he the shoots primarily for about. Alan Parker, yeah. who also did Bugsy Malone and Midnight Express. But he, he did. Shoots, but Saracen didn't do anything with when Alan Parker did the wall. No, no. Okay. He shot all of Harold Harold Becker's stuff, Ragman's daughter, um, um, uh, City Hall '96. John Cusack. Uh, John Cusack and uh, was it? Um, Chino, right? right. Uh, Mercury Rising. Bruce Willis. He shot that. <laughs> okay, I'd, shot, I'd rather watch City Hall, but okay. He shot Domestic Disturbance. That was shot down here in uh, Annapolis. Yeah, represent right. local. Uh, he shot this, and he shot War for Planet of the Apes. Developed an obvious friendship with Andy Serkis because he shot Mogli. And then um, it seems to be working with Matt Reeves a little bit. Did he have he didn't have anything to do with Reeves' new Batman movie? No, no. no. Okay. Uh, but he did. He just shot um, Gunpowder Milkshake, which I just recommended. The ne- yeah, the Netflix I've yet to. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't watched he shot it. that movie. So. Um, but I, that's like I, said, I, rec- career. I recognize the name, man. I couldn't, I like, I couldn't put a finger on his work, but once you said the name, I know. And, and he shot Step Up, also in Baltimore. Step Up is that 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 Dan- like Gene, dance Gene movie? Shannon Tatum? Yeah, fuck that. Ex-wife. They shot that in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I didn't. They were all shot in, fell in Baltimore. Really? Fell point. Yeah. I had no idea. Yep. Now I'm gonna look at him just so I can see the. You background. never. You didn't, you didn't see Step Up to the Streets. No, I didn't bother watching any of them. Now I'm gonna watch them just so I can look for the background. Yeah, yeah I, I get, it, I get it. <laughs> um. So what was that here? See the, the tank. We're about the tank here. Mm-hmm. So he's got himself a tank, and it he helps he uses it to help break down the damn door. <laughs> yeah, and, and the, the camera just spins. Like you don't follow yeah. the tank, you follow because it's spinning and Koba exactly. It's just it's a brilliant shot. It's, it's unique. It's, so the apes have taken over under Koba. Back in the woods, Malcolm and his family are looking around when Alexander discovers Caesar, who's barely alive. 
looking rather pale like E.T. when he was uh, yeah. weakened. Phone home. Caesar phone home. Uh-huh. His first thing he asks Allie is if uh, his family is okay, but she doesn't know. Well, it's after they load him in the truck. Like, yeah, that's like, right. Like okay, Alex, so he's in the truck. Alex calls Ellie and Malcolm down. And that's when, because like he first he thinks Caesar's dead. And Caesar's eyes, like his pupils, open. shift the gaze. Right, right. They're still open, but they shift the gaze. And he's like, "Uh, Dad, Malcolm." And they load him into the truck. And the first thing Caesar says is, "My son, my family." lost a lot of blood. Is he gonna make it? I don't understand. And where did Carver get the gun? Why would he do this? Now, um, this is, Circus is doing the voice, right? Yep. Okay. Because mm-hmm. it's very deep. It's very guttural, it's, it's obviously. Circus. Circus he masks his accent. Yeah. But it's definitely him. That's I'm Circus. sure with some audio uh, audio effects. There's but. a really, really cool teaser for, I want to say it was for Rise. Yeah. That has him with the, the suit on. Yeah. And it's showing Just like his mocap suit? And then as the camera pans in on him, it's oh, turns it becomes, to Caesar. No shit. Voice and everything. Yeah. Wow. It's on YouTube. On, okay, yeah, I'd like to see that. That's Absolutely. Cool. I mean, I figured you can't take it away from me. You can't make him mocap and dub him. But <laughs> right. like, I keep listening every time and I'm like, I can't hear him in there. It's, it's You know him. what I mean? So the apes are taking over the human's base, searching for all of them. Uh, Koba orders Ash to kill a civilian, played by Thomas Rosales Jr. Yeah, they're like storming City Hall, and this guy's swinging like a fucking but velvet guy, rope stand. Did you not? You didn't realize this is who this guy is. Who's, he's he's in there. He, the, the, he's from Lost World, RoboCop to The Crow. Basically, every fucking '90s action movie ever made. He looked a little. He was a background also, he that also, guy. He character. also looked aged too. He is. He's old. He's I know, been, but he's been we, at you know it for saying. decades. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't have recognized. I think it's just I, cool I, seeing him in this. Uh, Ash declines, saying uh, that um, Caesar wouldn't want this. Koba tosses him over a yeah, ledge like to his death. Throws Ash like over a, like. I'm, he's I like, oh, you want to have peace? He like a third story him. back, and he's like, I'm taking control now. Because at first he acts like he, he puts his arm around him, like it's, it's going to be okay. But then he just grabs on and just, yeah. yep. Koba's a motherfucker, man. He's got an ulterior motive for a chimpanzee. Yeah. So this is when we have a little Rodman residence reunion with uh, Will Rodman from the first film. 
Oh yes, that's when they yes. take Caesar. Yeah, they and, take and, Caesar to home. And what I dug is is how Will's Jeep is still parked in the front. Yeah, you know, like parked yeah. right out front, they, just all yep. overgrown and shit. <laughs> it's a place for them to hide. Right. Um. To more of the apes taking over at the base with blue eyes looking torn. He sees Maurice and the rest of Caesar's inner circle in a in a in a bus, like held captive because they're too yeah, loyal. It's, the bus is caged up and they yeah, they're, they're spray loyal. They're too loyal to be trusted. Says, you know, we won't fire warning shots or warning shots won't be fired. They are too and loyal. Maurice signs to you know blue eyes protect himself. Yeah, protect yourself. Coba fields were too loyal to your father. Yep. So Malcolm sneaks back to uh, base for supplies and witnesses. Now, I will say here, they travel really quick in this movie. They do. They get back and forth. Like they, yep. Malcolm gets from, you know, from San Francisco to human base, back to suburban San Francisco where the Robins live. Like, he's able to make that walk in a day. Check me if I'm wrong, Sam, but San Francisco, San Francisco is made up of a bunch of fucking hills. It's a lot of uphill and downhill walking. Or driving now. Granted, traffic's not going to be a bitch like it used to be, but still, they do it all. They do it all in the span of a day. I mean, they're really not that far from one another, to be honest with you, because okay. their gates are right. It's established that the gates, like, pretty much right over the Golden Gate Bridge, yeah, and the Redwood Forest where they're from is pretty much like twenty minutes. We don't, we don't, know, from how, where we don't know how far, but yeah. yeah. So, but still, you bear I just know that like they they definitely they traverse a lot of ground really quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of back and forth. Um. So, he finds someone, he witnesses the ape finding somebody and attacks him while the other apes head in Malcolm's direction, so he hides. Narrowly escapes gunfire when he's seen by blue eyes. Now, this is what I like, like, I dug this sequence of, like, because Malcolm's kind of back at his base. This is a moment. You know, getting his, you know, getting the the, the meta pack together, if you will. Because they got to do surgery. Like, like, my note is, I dig the sequence of Malcolm ducking the apes in the neck of time at camp at every single turn. Like, he ducks, like, right in the split seconds, like, they're they're storming past the door. He ducks down. They blow through the wall. He ducks out. It's, he it's sees, a little bit unplausible, but it's fun. It's like an Indiana Jones moment. Yeah, it is. It really is. You're yeah. right. And then he sees Blue Eyes, and he looks defeated. Yeah, Blue Eyes is confused. He's like kind no, of No, no, no. I think, I, I think Malcolm looks defeated. At this well, moment. yeah. Because Blue Eyes raises his gun at him, and instead of saying something when he had the chance before getting killed, he allows Blue Eyes to have the natural change of heart. So he points the gun at Malcolm and then lowers his gun and walks away. And that's when Malcolm says, wait, reveals that his father is still alive. So Malcolm returns with blue eyes. He brings him back to the house with him, tells Caesar, his mother and brother are safe for now. They embrace. Caesar reveals it was Koba who did this. Yeah. So with the supplies she needs from uh, Malcolm's supply run, she tells Caesar they need to do this now and begins to operate on his wounds. Um, you don't see the operation, of course. It just cuts to out front. Alex is out there waiting. Uh, Ellie comes out after finishing up and says that he's very strong. Malcolm also sits with them as the three have a moment. And then Caesar wakes up. Blue Eyes apologizes uh, to him. He says Cobra turned on him. But Caesar tells him he trusted him and it's his fault because of that. Yeah, he's like, I used to think we were different, but we're, you know, we're actually more, you know, I used to think we were so different, but you know, it turns out we're very much alike. And a lot of this Cobra stuff and, and what we're talking about now, uh, like the theme, it's going to carry over to war. Um, 
with you know we'll get to more of that you know next week but you know I, I like how this all these movies are confined to one continuous storyline that yeah. just kind of adds on to another it, it, it just they all congeal they, off they of piggyback one off one another yeah um so uh he asks where Koba is now Blue Eyes confirms he's in the human tower as well is him as well as uh, the, the news that he killed Ash. Um, again, that's Rocket's son, Ash, the one who was shot earlier. Mm-hmm. Ash just was dealt a shitty car this movie. Yeah. First, he gets shot by Carver, then he's tossed over a ledge by the Koba, all because he wants to be loyal and do the right thing. Right. So, I mean, well, he's 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 um, your sympathetic foil, yeah. if you will. Right. Like you care about exactly. him. He's, he's almost as confused as Blue Eyes. But he tends to lean a little further on one side. It's because, you know, he don't know any better. He's like, what will my dad do? Yeah. My dad would be loyal, much like he was to Caesar. Right. And you Caesar know. tells him, uh, uh, wait, Blue Eyes tells Caesar that, you know, once, you know, all the apes sees, sees him still alive, that they'll all turn on Cobra. Uh, Caesar tries to get up, but he's still weak. Offers, uh, Blue Eyes offers to help his father. Uh, then we see. Back to Maurice and company, the bus are locked in. That symbol that we talked about is left on the fog windows. Yeah. Sign yeah. that Caesar is here. Yeah, that's. I knew that's when you were going to bring it back up again. Yeah, so he draws it. And what's cool is that even when the bus gets flipped, it works no matter what direction you're in, the symbol works. You know, and it made me, it kind of, it actually made me wonder at that moment in the film, um, Obviously, it works in the context of Rise of the Planet of the Apes because it's it's the window that see young you know little baby Caesar sees the outside world through, and then he winds up drawing in his cell when he's in the uh, um, um, animal sanctuary. Did they did they even have a trilogy planned when Rise came out, or did they plan the next arc? Um, after the success of Rise, like fuck, let's carry it on. And my see guess, go with this. my guess would be they had an outline, but nothing. And you got also you have to remember that there was a, a change in direction between Rise and Dawn. Right, Matt Reeves picked up from where. Um, right, which is what I'm saying. Which is like, from the last film left off. Um, I mean, I got a sense that they kind of stayed true to his outline, but probably went in was, his own direction. What I'm saying is you think the symbol was even part of it, or did it get incorporated into the oh, story? I don't know. Honestly, I wouldn't. I don't know. I, it's, I, it's, I don't. It's, it's an interesting question to ponder, yeah. though, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Like, is it was it originally intended, or was it just something that just came organically out I'm of sure it was intended in some fashion. Film. So later that night, the abs to take... Uh, the abs to take... The yeah. abs attack... The abs... God damn it. <laughs> the apes attack the bus um, to, to mess with them while Maurice grabs one. And the other apes inside help out and roll the bus over, essentially killing all the uh, apes that were fucking with him in the process and freeze the ones that were inside out. Caesar is at the, the house still and he looks at this camcorder and this is where we get our James Franco cameo. Yeah. Just teach him how to say apple teach, and home. exactly back when he was yes. three months old or yeah, three years old or something. At the kitchen table. Yeah, um, that that's just, that's all we get. From and you can imagine Lithgow's behind the camera, like yep. holding the camcorder, just recording yep. Little Caesar. You know, so so Malcolm asks uh, who that was in the video. And Caesar responds, "A good, good man, man like you, like you." Yeah, that's that's a nice touching moment yeah. too. So Blue Eyes brings back the good apes to the house where they plan their attack on Koba and his followers. 
with Malcolm's help, the uh, the apes get to the tower. Now, I will say this. I made a note here today that I never thought about before. And this, I mean, it's maybe it's just fan service for myself. A little bit gratuitous, but it would have only taken a couple, maybe two to three seconds of screen time. But wouldn't it have been cool if, you know, because when Caesar walks out of the front door of, of the, the Rodman house and there's Blue Eyes and the rest of his, you know, remaining crew. Right. If Caesar would have pointed up to his window to show them where the symbol all came from. Wouldn't it have been a neat little moment? Yeah, don't something. you think? That yeah. would have been cool. Like a little, I don't know. For me, the, I would have liked to have seen that. Maybe they filmed it, but cut it for time. The who, <laughs> if, the who knows, man? I'd probably, it just came to me like, man, yeah. that would have been neat. It's nice to take more. Yeah, want to take more than a couple of seconds of screen time. Probably six months in the CGI studio, though. So. Right. Malcolm reminds Caesar of trust before they run off, and he he comes out for the humans alone. Uh, Dreyfus reveals his plan to Malcolm. C four everywhere. Uh, yeah, going five pounds of C four like every ten feet up this fucking. Yeah, he's gonna blow the tower. tower. Yeah, the, he said the return of electricity allowed Dreyfus's men to make radio contact with survivors from a military base. So it's, it's revealed that pretty much the uh, they're coming. The yeah, he said coming. they're coming from up north, which means they're probably coming from Canada. They probably cross a border. Doesn't he, and then what he says they're coming well, no, from up north. This is, or he I'm just says they're sure coming. Established. This is the colonel and all of them coming down. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. So about a colonel, you're talking about uh Because it seems like that, that him and his army have been going at war with, but there's been a war brewing in between All colonels. right. You know, I never put that together. Okay. That was the signal that Dreyfus was receiving in Dolan. I've always would have been Yeah, I take that as the colonel. Would have been initiated from the colonel in war. Colonel's coming. Okay. Okay. All right. I it's dig it. now. The colonel's coming, so. All right. Fish I dig it. The fry. <laughs> um. So Malcolm nonchalantly takes a rifle and points it at uh, Dreyfus, says that they need to give Caesar more time because he's up in the tower now handling the situation. Mm -hmm. Caesar confronts Koba at the top of the tower. Koba says he no longer has a place here and that the apes now follow Koba. He says apes together strong, but Caesar weak. (laughs) Caesar then says Koba weaker. And then the two began final battle of the movie. It's I a actually, nice one. I, I watched this one like X two like speed 
just because I was just I had to get out, and I knew it was time. going on. Right. Dude, this fucking thing was going on and on and yeah, it on. Does. Even that with the speed, like just heightened up a little bit. It was right. just this is a pretty lengthy um, battle sequence between these two. Um, it's a good one. too. I mean, it's in her cut. It cuts back and forth between. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's and that's kind of like um, how we, we slowly learn about the plan and the colonel's right. coming. You know, it's it's cutting me with this. Um, Dreyfus, who has initiated a suicide mission, this is where he uh, detonates the C4 charges, saying that he's saving the human race. He's saving the human race. And Only he, he did exactly that. Yeah, so. So basically, he's burning the kitchen down to kill the mouse. Yeah. Gotcha. You know? And like he nukes pretty much everybody down there, Malcolm included, but at the last split second, he ducks under... What would be like a fucking? It's a, it's, it's, it's a railroad. I was gonna say like a it's railway. A, it's a subway. It like they're in a subway. Subway, yeah. You think stopping me will matter? They're coming. Now we may contact a military base up north. I mean, they're already on their way. It's true. Travis, what are you doing? I, I don't think that would save him, but I'm willing to let it, you know, skip that leap of logic for me so we can move on with the story. I mean, people are still debating the fridge. Yeah, nuking the later. fridge. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't <laughs> I'll give it that. So, yeah. Fuck. Uh, it's, 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 it's a moment. So, the tower is now blown. Cobra starts angrily shooting at the apes when they come to uh, Caesar's aid. Caesar tackles him from a ledge after clinging on a metal girder. Koba is disowned as an ape by Caesar. Yeah, he's like the ape, no kill ape. He pulls him up with his hand. And Caesar starts pulling Koba up by his forearm. And he drops him to his death. You're not ape. And he lets him go. And and I made a note here, too. Koba's fall is pretty brutal. Yeah. Because he gets caught up it. on, like, yeah. He gets caught up on, like, a little bit of wire. Like, uh-huh. like probably, you know, five and a quarter inch electrical cable. Uh-huh. And then he gets wrapped up on some fucking rebar just beneath that. And then he drops on a metal platform that then falls into the upcoming explosion that's 100 feet below. It's something. So, yeah, it's a fucking hell of a death. I mean, yes, it's all CGI done, but it still has an emotional impact. Koba's death is fucking brutal. Malcolm and Caesar acknowledge their friendship with Malcolm warning of the approaching human military. Caesar responds that the humans will never forgive the apes for their attack and convinces Malcolm to leave with his family. You're not safe here. They made contact. All the people are coming. Soldiers. You have to leave now, everyone. Caesar, if you don't go, it'll be all out war. War has already begun. They started war. And human. 
before fighting begins. I am sorry. My friend. I thought we had a chance. He then stands before a kneeling mass of apes, preparing for the upcoming war. Well, wait, what he says, he goes, war. He notes, Malcolm says that, Malcolm says to him, he's, there's more coming. They're, they want to start a war. And Caesar looks at, at Malcolm and he says, war has already begun. Oh, yeah. Apes started it. Humans will never forget. Yep. And that concludes Dawn the Planet of the Year. No, it does not. No. Because we have a post-credit moment. Have you ever listened to it? No, I did not. Clue me in. You go to the end? Yeah. At the end of credits? Yeah. You don't see nothing. It's an audio clip? But you hear Koba breathing heavily. Oh, really? Credits come to a close. Like, indicating, indicating he's still he alive. survived the fall. I think okay. the idea was Koba was going to return for right, war. Right, But that just amounted to a cameo which we'll talk about next week And that concludes 2014's Planet of the uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes from Matt Reeves and Company. Hell of a movie. Hell yeah. Let's go open up the inbox. Uh, what's in the box? What's in the fucking box? Sneak Brownella mm-hmm. says, Love this one. Yeah. Me and the kids are going to watch these last two this weekend. Guess to have prepped themselves to listen to the episode. <laughs> You ain't been gone but a week, but we already miss you, brother. We can't wait to have you back, man. Good to hear back from you, Nick. And then Carlo, easily my favorite of the trilogy. It has a nice balance of depth between human and ape characters, and the direction was pretty good. Yeah, I mean... um, You could see a shift in direction a little bit. I can't. It's hard for me to... I'm still debating whether or not this is my favorite of the three. Um, I'm still a real big fan of Rise. Um... I think that's more of just a personal thing of me being kind of biased a little, a little bit because I was like you're a little prejudicial about about you know, your it's, it's something I don't know um, I think I'll have a firm answer 
I mean, I've said before you were very prescient about it, so naturally yeah, you're going to take some time. I, th- I, I think next week um, I'll be able to come up with my, 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 my order, my ranking of the three. So, uh, to be continued. <laughs> so, all right, box office receipts. Mm-hmm. In the operational funds box, we will deposit 250000 American dollars. You take it out. We put more in. I want receipts. All right, so Dawn of the Planet of the Apes premiered June 26, 2014 at the Palace of Fine Arts in San Francisco, fitting, before being released <laughs> July 11th, 2014 from 20th Century Fox. It opened up on 3,967 screens, opening up to an incredible $72.6 million, clearly number one. Uh, second weekend box office dropped 50.1%. Coming up at $36.2 million, still in first place. Total gross for the picture was $710.6 million, yeah. off a budget of $170 million. Yeah, I'm saying that's, that's, that's a success, man. I mean, off the heels of its successor, word of mouth of its successor's fans. I was more surprised at the fact that 20th Century Fox gave the film $170 million to play with. I figured this film would have had like a... I don't remember the budget for the for, for Rise, but I would have imagined this would, would have been like around the ninety to one hundred million dollar range. I don't think that Fox had like that much confidence. Well, in the wouldn't, franchise. You, wouldn't, wouldn't you think that? Like, so I'll look at it like this. I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a minute. So, 20th Century Fox took a gamble on at this point. Let's let's call it a fifty year old franchise. And we all hate the fact that Hollywood, you know, has no original ideas and they keep going back to the well. Nine out of ten times. This they is the tend, exception. They tend to shit the bed, you know, but there's always, there's always that, you know, that one out of ten, like Suspiria, this. But look at the last time it attempted, like Tim Burton tried to do it and they're like, oh, Jesus Christ, are we going to eat this fucking Tim Burton shit sandwich again 30 years later? You know? And Rise is because it's crafted by a new kind of artist with a new kind of eye, a new kind of vision, a new style of talent, you know, a, a new form of technology. So they were able to create something. Let's face it. Every, every, everything that we love is something created out of nothing. I don't want to say everything that we love, but when you and I sit here and spend hours upon hours every week talking about you. it is something created out of nothing, but it creates a something for us. So they created this something and it rejuvenated the franchise even more so than the initiation of, you know, Roddy McDowell and that what was almost lifelike makeup that I guess Rick Baker, whoever those guys were, back in the late 60s did. And it wasn't it Rick turned- Baker. It was What's-His-Face Margo. Goodman played him. Go- um, oh, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're Jack right. something. Yes, I can't yes, remember. Yes. Jack Kirby. Kirby, Kirby. Was it Jack Kirby? Yes. You, you're absolutely right. <laughs> well, okay. Kirby's, a, no, Kirby's an animator. Um, but... It, it, like, it made enough money. It had enough bones off its back, enough meat off the top. That they're like okay, John Chambers, um, not John Jack Chambers. Kirby. Jack Kirby was the he other. drew for Marvel with uh, Stan Lee, right? Yes, yeah, okay, <laughs> yes. So I said animator. Um, Spare us the tweets, guys. But what I'm what I'm getting at is like they took a gamble on 
the third dip in the well back with well, you know, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. And it inspired the original fans, created a set of new fans, turned a little bit of money. So, like, okay, let's gamble again on this one. So, why not give them 100 But the gamble paid off because right. it was it, it it was the 11th highest gross film of 2014. And it is also the highest grossing film of the entire franchise, this one. So Theatrically, really? Overall. This overall? This made the most money. Well, I mean, it is the Empire Strikes Back in a franchise, so. Right. Let's take a walk. Critics Corner. See what they had to say. Um, so I'll start out with Rotten Tomatoes. 90%. Based on 313 reviews, it's pretty good. With the uh, consensus saying, with intelligence and emotional resonance, resonance, with intelligence and emotional (laughs) resonance to match its stunning special effects, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes expands on its predecessor with an exciting and ambitious burst of sci-fi achievement. It's got a 79 Metacritic score and a cinema score of a minus. I'm sorry, Gary Guy Lodge of Variety said an altogether smashing sequel to the 2011's better than expected better than expected Rise of the Planet of the Apes. This vivid, violent extension of humanoid (coughs) ape Caesar's troubled quest for independence bests its predecessor in nearly every technical and conceptual department. With incoming helmer Matt Reeves conducting the proceedings with more assertive genre Elaine then Rise, Journeyman, Rupert Wyatt. Hollywood Reporter said that the film manages to do at least three things exceptionally well that are hard enough to pull off individually. Number one, maintain a simmering level of tension without let up for two hours. Number two, seriously improve on a very good first entry in the franchise and produce a powerful humanistic statement using a significantly simian cast of characters. In the annals of sequels, Dawn is to rise to the planet of the apes, what Empire Strikes Back was to Star Wars. Hey! It's that much better. Um, what else we got here? Boston Globe wrote that in bearing speech and agonized expressiveness, Circus's Caesar conveys the conflicts of a king with almost Shakespearean grandeur. New York Times praised the film for being able to balance out the action sequences and special effects with strong storytelling and writing that Dawn is more than a bunch of occasionally thrilling action sequences and emotional gut punches and throwaway jokes arranged in a predictable sequence. It is technically impressive and vicious uh, and viscerally exciting for sure, but it also gives you a lot to think or even to care about. Let's hear a lesson. Less than favorable review for shits. You can tell where this is going to go, and it's mm-hmm. written by fucking salon.com. Here's salon. a rule, salon.com. Here's a rule that has gradually become clear to me. Any film that begins with one of those fake news montages where snippets of genuine CNN footage are, str- are stitched together to concoct the feeling of semi-urgency around its hackneyed apocalypse already sucks even before it gets started. This one makes a 
dutiful. Dutiful. Du- you talking about hackneyed apocalypse makes a dutiful. Work. This one makes a dutiful attempt to struggle back from that suckage. Yeah, fuck off, Salon. Doc. But it all ends in, in yelling. The fact that he ends the review saying that it ends in yelling is, is enough. That that's ends how serious. Ends in yelling. I Did he get to the end? I don't remember him yelling. He, I got, mean, he turned it off when when Caesar yelled, "Go!" Yeah, right. That was the end of the film for him. Five minutes in. Oh, fucking dipshit. Go! Right. So yeah, um, I I got nothing on Ebes. Oh yeah, that's right. Ebes dead. Um, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but shit, the way that. you said that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to debate whether or not I'm going to keep that joke. <laughs> it's the biggest takeaways, Mr. Madison. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Um, for me, I wrote down after the film ended... Um, how can a sequel be just as near perfect as its predecessor? The special effects work is something special. Finally, a Jason Clark role that doesn't bother me. And finally, powerhouse score for this film, chock full of emotion. I had to mention the score at some point. Of course you did. So, um, yeah, that's th- those are my thoughts. Um, overall, I got a lot more that we've already discussed throughout this episode. Uh, What were your biggest takeaways? Um, For me, I would say like, this is where I realized that going in. um, And I think I even said this to you when we were going to the theater for rise of the planet of the apes. I'm like, I don't know that I could see the guy from freaks and geeks from the new planet of the apes movies, much like how Marky Mark tried to do, but Oh shit, they made a sequel. And so what I realized coming out of this, and then obviously with the marketing that came out a few years later for War, was like, okay, um, I thought I was going in to watch a bunch of humans interact with apes, but I'm here for the fucking ape story. Like that's yeah. like those you do are a the great kids. job of shifting it, and make you care about the apes, right? The exactly. Humans. Like like at first, I'm like I'm coming out of it going like going into Rise of Planet of the Apes. Like I don't know that that you know, James Franco is going to be the new Charlton Hess. And that was never the intent. We're here for Caesar and we're, we're here to feel for the other side. Right. You know, yep. and they bring in every damn chapter brings in a fucking heavy hitter, an A-lister in more ways than one and more roles than one. Yeah. Um, so this is the one where I'm, that's where I, I think I mentioned it on at the end of Rise. I'm like, how the fuck can a bunch of ones and zeros and a guy with dots on his face has moved me to tears and emotion? But I felt it here again. Movie like, magic. Right, exactly. It was just something that was, <laughs> that was there, the inherent, you know, heart of the story. And yes, this is your empire of that trilogy. You I know? can see that. 
And um, that's where it would, what I like is it, it leaves you wanting more. It kind of gets you where you wanted to be in the first one. Like I, I think I said before, House Piss, like the apes didn't really talk or, you know, but we're watching yeah. them, you know, grow and, and, and rise. That's why it's called Rise. And then Dawn is like, okay, the sun's coming up. Now we get to see it. I'm getting to watch them talk to each other more. And they're, they're, they're strategizing more. And they're, you know, conceptualizing more. And then, God be damned if when we get to this next chapter that I'm not completely fulfilled. So it keeps, you know, adding layers to the sandwich for me, okay. like that, that, that I am not mad with the layer that came before it. And I can't wait to see the taste the layer that comes next. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Mulligan well, moment. If you had to do it all over again. Would you make the same choices? Uh, I got one. What do you got? Give Oldman more scenes. <laughs> That's right. I Give mean, that he's... man some more fucking scenes because I love the Dreyfus character. Yeah. I wanted more. I wasn't sold on him until the emotional scene. And it, that won me over for him, as, you know, even as a villain. Um, I, I just thought that there was more to his character that could have been. You Give know, it, at least show me some of the backstory. Maybe not. This, maybe maybe a little a flash. Something that shows where he came from. Not only of that, a couple but of something that, on iPad. Yeah, something that shows where he came from, and then also something that establishes, you know, what, what kind of real leader he is towards the people. You only see him really interact with Malcolm in this movie, right? You don't really see him. They just they. He's almost like unless, um, uh, with the, with El the exception Duce. of the speech. He's like he's like Mussolini. Right. Of the Pacific Northwest, right? I mean, I could use a little bit more old man, like maybe like ten more minutes I'd, I'd of, of screen there. time. Um, so yeah, other than that, like, give me a break. This movie's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll tell you what to flip to, to play off of that. Let's let's add ten minutes on a movie, five on a, five and at the end of Act One, and five at the beginning of Act Three. So we get you know a, a, a solid five minutes in the end of Act One, establishing more of Dreyfus. Right. And give me a couple minutes of at the beginning of Act Three with Caesar in front of Will's house explaining why the window is fucking important. And just, just give me a couple give me that moment I want. You got a hard on for that window, man. I just I'm <laughs> what I'm saying is it's become their it's become right. their natural it's it's like their crucifix, if you will. You know, it's, it's I, a calling card. Right, it's exactly. It's that symbol. Right, for, I hate to say, the, the, the Nazis had a fucking swastika. You know what I mean? I mean, there's, it's, it became that symbol of, you know, uprising, rebellion, speaking of, so let him give them more meaning behind it. You know, cause Caesar has this, you know, group of like-minded simians at the, at, the, at his origin. You know, so give me a give me a few minutes on the porch with 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 season age right before they go into town. I think that would have been cool. Maybe I'm sure the window comes into play, but just give me a couple of minutes of that instead of just we all make eye contact and then we rush into San Francisco. All right, you Nazi loving bastard, finger looking good. (laughs) Finger licking good. Uh, this one's tough. Uh, the entire film is just a brilliant fucking two hours and ten minutes. It's yeah. it's not just a single moment or scene. This film is just incredible from start to finish. Um, I think for the first time, 
on the show, I can't pinpoint a favorite moment because I just love the whole thing overall. I really don't have a favorite because it's the whole film goes together. Like it's got a really good flow. Pacing's top notch. Yeah. Um, pass for the first time. I I don't have a uh, yeah. What what you got? Um. I love that 360 shot. Right. Fucking it's Yeah. Good. Some of the some of the some of the camera work in this is is you know, it's it's memorable to me. Um, yeah, it's if I had if I had a gun to my head, the you had to like you know, like pick a moment in the film Cin- that stands the out cinematography. cinematography or pick an element that stands out cinematography is where you go, right? I mean even the score is like stand out to me. I fucking there's a lot of stuff about this film that's just so good. Um, that's why it's just so damn hard to pick a, a particular. I think moment. I think the reason it's that hard is because this film what we didn't realize at the time is this film was the meat and the sandwich. You know, rise was the bread, war was the bread, dawn was the meat. Yeah. You know, and we didn't even know we were going to get to that, and then we got it. We're like, oh fuck! Now <laughs> I'm hooked. Now I see where it's going. Please don't just leave it with you know. Chuck Heston's Colonel Taylor stuck in space in the Icarus <laughs> to come crashing down after this movie. Wrap me up proper. And that's what we get coming up in a couple of weeks. But yeah, if there's if there's any favorite thing, it's it's gonna be the cinematography yeah. for me. You know, I can see where 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 Reeves steps in off of, you know, Rupert Wyatt and takes over and makes it his own vision. Yeah. It's time to put a bow in this baby. <laughs> And give out our final thoughts. Yeah. I say we uh, tie a bow on it and put her to bed. Um, look, uh, I I still don't know if it's my favorite or not, but I do know at least it's 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 a struggle for good reason because <laughs> it's just so great. Like I just said, like start to finish, um, it's just not really a bad bone in its body. This film, um, it, it's the exception yeah. of just I wish I had. More Oldman. Other than that, yeah. Uh, no, the movie, but like you said, he's probably well, one contractor for ten what, days. I know what we did. Hit, what we did get though is just uh, phenomenal storytelling. Um, the, the 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 cinematography was definitely a big ups from the first one. If anything, that and the um, score, like I said, and it's so only going to get better next week with War. It's it's yeah. It's it really. You know, we're gonna. I'm gonna have a lot to say. I know this guy's gonna have a lot to say next I'm week. Definitely gonna have a lot um, to say. Kind of, you know, wrap up this 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 eight month <laughs> that we've got. Knows where we're going. We kind of put we're together. Um, but so, so yeah. Um, stick around. It's gonna be good. Um, yeah. this this film is just it, it's it's special. All three of these films are, and yeah. um, I, I realize not everyone's gonna you know back that up. But, uh, like you said, man, film is subjective, subjective man. You, exactly. you you like what you like, you love what you love, you hate what you hate. So you know. So if you listen, if you listen to us this far, you at least liked it. So we hope you like what we had to say. Yeah. How about you? How about you? Any final thoughts you want to? Um, I just you know, yeah. again, five Basically thumbs what up. You said time. five, you know, yeah. five, five thumbs up on this film for me, man. Like it was. It was again. It delivered more than I expected to from a sequel to what I thought was a spectacle. 10 years ago, a spectacle that took me by surprise. I'm like, okay, let me see where your, where your brother goes and let's see how he disappoints me. And it didn't disappoint me, you know, and little did I know 
they had a brother who was going to come around and kind of, you know, right. kick me in the ding ding. <laughs> All right. Well, this episode is sponsored by electricity <laughs> because at the end of the day, it's the only thing that stands in the way of an upcoming attack set in the apocalyptic world ran by talking apes. All that being said, this film certainly gets the film effect seal of approval, and that, did I say certainly? I'm sorry, yeah. definitely gets the <laughs> film effect seal of approval, and that will bring things home for this edition of the show. One down, many more to follow. If you guys enjoyed this episode and want to support us, then please do so by heading to Apple Podcasts or wherever accessible and leaving us those five-star ratings and reviews as if you want to hear more film effect product, kind of like this guy. Shush Dog, yeah. who left this review last Tuesday, yes, saying, Most entertaining movie podcast by a mile gave us five stars and said, Just a great movie podcast that isn't sappy and will keep you entertained. Thank you so much, whomever you are. Yes, yeah. Um, we did, we, Ed, Ed shared that with me right as away. As far as I know, it's just and, a random review. Yeah, and absolutely. They, I don't know, we don't know who that is. Keep listening and please tell your friends. That's right. So uh, check out our website where you'll find our ever-growing collection of previous episodes. Links in the episode notes where you can find it at podpage.com. Monday, we'll be back with uh, last month's monthly poll where I asked for your favorite 2011 film you wanted us to talk about. And for some reason, you guys picked Contagion Overdrive. So mm-hmm. that being said, I guess you guys really want to feel the effects of uh, <laughs> pandemic reality. I don't know. Uh, if you right. want to hear what we have to say about shit. I don't then, know if um, you want my eyes on that shit, but okay, here goes, guys. Careful what you wish I might for have you. to censor us for the first time. <laughs> yeah, just get, might get that, get that censor button down. The FCC going to come cracking down on our podcast? No, just the FC me. <laughs> I got dignity, my friend. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back Monday with Contagion. Uh, and then a week, at, and then a week from today, uh, this episode's airing, we'll be back with uh, War. For the Planet of the Apes. And that's War 4, not War of. War War 4, the Planet Planet of the Apes. Apes. So, Contagion, War 4, hell of a week going on next week. So, uh, check it out. and Stay um, tuned, guys. Other than that, until then. Same bad time, same bad channel. There you go. So, until then, take us out. All righty, gang. We shall see you all next week. When do we see the lights go dim? And the opening credits begin to roll. I've been Caesar. That's been a coma. <laughs> it's been fun, but now it's done. All right, guys, check you later. Check you later. Check you later.